Hello, it is Wednesday, January 6th, 2021. I guess we're in a very wild time to be alive. It is only uh, grown tenfold, I guess, by today. But a little distraction, yeah. a little sports conversation, That's if you right. will, on AJ Hawk's birthday. I think you'll enjoy today. I can't thank you enough for choosing to listen and escape the bullshit of the real world for a little bit. We hope to be a mental vacation for you. Uh, if we are, feel free to let us know. Uh, be a friend, tell a friend. And if you don't like the show, we understand. Just go ahead and fuck off, though. And don't tell anybody. Just act like it never, ever happened. Yep. Piss we, off. We appreciate the hell out of you. Let's get to it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the greatest heavyweight in UFC history, Stipe Miocic. Miocic will be joining me. He and I crowd surfed in Columbus, Ohio one year ago on college game day. Mm-hmm. He and I got a chance to chat a little bit behind the scenes there for like a five. Seemed like one of the nicest humans of all time. I think these... Uh, cage fighters are some of the deepest thinking people that we've ever encountered. Matt Mitrione used to come through our office. Okay, he, He's in the area. He's a Bellator fighter. Big guy. Big, big dude. Oh, yeah. He'd come in. He'd pass out here. Get into an incredibly deep intellectual conversation for like 45 minutes. Throw up some hoops. Maybe chug a beer. Then he would just leave. Mm-hmm. And then it was like a tornado of what was it? Oh, that was a guy that could beat everybody's fucking ass on earth. Yep. That is this guy. This yeah. guy seemed to be incredibly nice deep thinking, and could legitimately beat the hell out of every human on earth. The greatest heavyweight in Ultimate Fighting Championship history, Stipe Miocic. Who's he fighting next? Ooh. Is it Johnny Burns Jones? Oh, yeah. Or is it Ngai? <laughs> That's his it. name, right? Yeah. Yeah. Francis. Yeah. Frank. I know a little bit about it. Can't wait to talk to Stipe. He's a good guy. Also, diehard Browns fan. I assume Diggs will say something that is potentially going to land Stipe's Uh fist in his fucking mouth. I am stupid. Fresh out of you survived COVID, but will you survive Stipe's fists whenever you make a stupid comment about the Browns to their toughest fan of all time, Stipe? Also, in the second hour, we have Pittsburgh radio (laughs) man, former WCW commentator, Mark Madden, joining us. Everybody knows whenever. Yep, see. You know, some things are for the fans, okay? <laughs> and we appreciate our fans on this show. We really do. We love the fact that people spend time listening or watching every day. We have no idea why. This shirt literally says exactly my thoughts on the show whenever I watch other people's shows. With, with you know, how, how just like how regimented it is, you oh, know, yeah. and how like professional all these shows are and, you know, all the bullshit Structure. that has to happen. It, it just, the, all the, this show has none of that. This show stinks in comparison to other shows. But the fact that people listen and watch, we are very thankful for okay yesterday we had fifty six thousand people watching live on youtube at one point shout out to aaron Rodgers tuesday shout out to all the people that do that but some things okay aren't just for the incredible people that follow along some things are for us in mm-hmm. the studio some things are for me in specific you, you'll see some selfish moments on the show where i will mention something that i know is going to cause some shit and i just kind of throw it into the group over here mm-hmm. and just kind of watch it happen and the show kind of gets derailed for a couple seconds but that's 100 just for me to kind of like like, talk about it after the show. Oh, yeah. Mark Madden is a big for the office guest. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the office, we listen to Mark Madden's radio show every single day, three to six. We listen to yeah. it in the office whenever we get off the air. The, this guy, if you don't enjoy him, 
We, we understand. Sure. <laughs> we very much understand and appreciate. But if you don't find this dude, one of the most electric talkers in the history of talking, I don't know what's wrong with you. Can't wait to chat with him. His thoughts on the Steelers. What about the Browns? Don't they deserve a little bit of sympathy for yeah, what they're going through seriously. right now? We'll ask Mark Madden about that. Also, uh, his thoughts on the Ohio State-Alabama situation. I'm sure he'll have some thoughts mm-hmm. on that. And also hockey. Uh, the United States junior team uh, beat Canada to win the gold medal last yeah! night. Your sport got better at you, or better than you at it, and made it bigger and more famous. But we still appreciate and love the Canadians. But the junior team, uh, they celebrated with a a trash can uh, that had the Canadian flag on top of it. Oh, it was a barrel. What was it? It was a barrel. Okay, trash barrel that they brought out there, and they put Canada's flag on it. Yes. And then they took a picture of it. And the hockey purists and the hockey community are not happy about it. Pittsburgh, obviously, big hockey town. I'm excited to hear what Mark Madden has to talk about. Uh, and then in the third hour, we'll have the arrow Tom Pelissero to break down all of the rumblings in the general manager hiring process and also the head coaching hiring. How about the COVID? No more positive results in Cleveland. What does that mean for anything else? Is there anything else to be looking for? Can't wait to talk to the arrow tom pelissero and also hopefully we'll get a chance to chat with you one 888 mad dog 6 if you want to get on the phones we can't wait to chat with you uh can't have a good call though yeah, yeah. come yeah. on you know what i mean like whatever you get on there don't be scared to deliver like mm-hmm. don't be scared to go ahead and let it all out don't be scared to put together a, a prophetic uh idea or ideology or maybe a take or an or a question but don't be don't be scared to get in there and just deliver that thing come on Hell yeah. Or just don't. It happens. And if we say something about it not being great, don't take it personal. It's just for the good of the show, not for you as a human. I assume you're a good human, just like everybody else that we bear. Uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, declaring for the NFL. Didn't win the Heisman. Congrats to Devontae Mm -hmm. Smith out of Alabama. Uh, There was a GM hiring down in Houston. Was Deshaun Watson reacting to that or things that were happening in the world? Is he upset? Was Casario a good hire? There's so much happening in our world. Uh, We can't wait to chat about it. Tone Diggs is here just a few days after uh, getting out of his COVID cave. Once again, the face of COVID yep. survivors Tony for all Tony. of us. Tone Diggs. How you doing, Tony? Oh, boy, Tony. Hey, baby, Tony. COVID cowboy. Someone call me. Ooh. I see that hat on. I was happy that you, you mentioned being a COVID cowboy. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to the NFL. He has declared officially something we all kind of knew, except for a couple of people that thought he was potentially going to come back uh, because he didn't win a national champion ship this year didn't win a Heisman did he still have work to be done at Clemson was what some people said everybody else said nah he's gonna go get paid uh he does declare Trevor Lawrence going to the NFL how do you feel about this decision by Trevor Lawrence and do you think he is going to be a good NFL quarterback it's absolutely the right decision by Trevor Lawrence yeah absolutely 1000 percent. everyone knew that in here except for one person Boston Connor he's a stooge we're not even gonna talk about that no 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 but the Trevor Lawrence thing I the thing about, and I, I don't know if this is just like my stupid personality that like if everyone's saying one thing, I have to fucking go the other way. But like everyone thinks, everyone thinks, like all of the pundits, he's the next great one. Mm-hmm. Is he? Well, the last great one they they called was Andrew. He was pretty fucking good. Pretty fucking yeah. good. The one before that was what? Elway? Elway. Uh-huh. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty fucking good. It's interesting how they skip over the Peyton Ryan Leaf because didn't everybody think that they both were going to be really good, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And Peyton, though, was unbelievable, obviously. Yep. So I think whenever everybody is on one side about a couple of them in the past, it's worked out, has it? I mean, I feel like Trevor Lawrence has worked out. Or No, I'm not saying, but the Trevor Lawrence comparisons to Andrew Luck, that worked out until he retired young because he just got – 
He's got speed bag, basically, yeah. when he was out there on the football. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. But he made plays. It was a style of play as well, which I assume some people will say. But then John Elway also worked. I think Trevor Lawrence has a chance to work, just like these young quarterbacks. You look at Joey Burrow. I mean, he almost got his head dislodged from his body a few oh. times. He was dominant this year. Herbert, obviously love him. There was a couple of hypotheticals that were being tossed out. If you could take Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence right now, who would you take? And that was a very dumb question because obviously you take Justin Herbert because he's already proven Correct. that he's been able to make the jump to the NFL. That's not always going to happen. There's a lot of quarterbacks that fizzle out. I mean, people have gone through them on a lot of shows. I think Jake Locker at one point was supposed to be a like yeah. Oh, yeah. That's just one name, by the way. There's still another 15 that we want to throw out there. Who knows if Trevor Lawrence will be able to make the jump, but I think Everybody has deemed that he will be able to. Will Jacksonville be the spot that will take care of him? Then who's going to? Is Zach Wilson going to end up going above uh, Justin Fields right now? That is a wild time to be alive, especially with old Cuz going into the goddamn national championship. Is there a chance we have, if Justin Fields comes out and plays incredible in the national championship again? Which, by the way, all signs are pointing to he probably will. Good. Mm -hmm. Is there going to be a situation where... All signs he could. (laughs) Where it was Andrew Luck (laughs) and RG3, and then there was like some... A little bit of chatter, like, should it actually be RG3, even though Andrew Luck's been deemed, just like Trevor Lawrence has, like the next great one. And then we saw how that turned out. Andrew Luck was great. RG3 was great for a couple years. Still still very good at backing up stuff. I was going through rehab uh, on my knee, I believe. Yeah, had to be my knee. Whenever Andrew took his visit to our building, and uh, the next trip was to Washington. He's like, ah, I gotta go to Washington. And there was, I forget who else was in the room, but why are you going to Washington? Like, well, I gotta go just in case. And everybody's like, there's no, <laughs> there's no just in case, dude. Like, has nobody told you yet? Like, I feel like we know. We're already selling lectures. Well, yeah, we're pretty, I'm pretty low on the entire totem pole. I don't know, they would not tell me a goddamn thing. I don't know if you see my Twitter. You will eventually whenever you get here, but they, they don't tell me a damn thing. So he was even, he even had to go take a trip to Washington mm-hmm. and did the whole thing. And I would assume, did I, did we meet with Tripsticks? Bob? I wonder if we met Probably, with... right? Yeah, because I feel like sometimes all that shit is just cooked up in the media so that we have things to talk about. You yeah. know what I mean? Like all of a sudden, like last year, what was it? Joe Burrow's not going to go. Yeah. Not gonna, yeah. like, that was the thing oh, that yeah. was cooked Until up. the Bengals know. Yeah, they, exactly. That was the whole thing. So I think that conversation always happens because people need things to talk about. It may be one particular scout is potentially trying to throw somebody off of something else, but it feels like Trevor Lawrence is locked in and won. But check back here in a couple months. I assume we'll be talking about somebody talking about yeah. one particular Potential pro scout like Fields and listen to this, Mac Jones more than Trevor. That'll come out at some point, mm-hmm. I assume. Congrats to Devontae winning the Heisman. A wide receiver won the Heisman, which is not a normal thing anymore. Back in the day, used to be running backs, used to be wide receivers. I mean, corners have gotten it before. That has become a quarterback uh, award, basically. It's mm-hmm. pretty much what it has become. Devontae Smith, though, watching him play. Unbelievable. Can't wait to see what he does in the NFL. He has his whole town on his back. I don't know if you guys saw that. Down Louisiana. I only watched six minutes of the show, and it just so happened to be the good six. Right when he got the, the trophy. Only six. Like, as it was happening. Yeah. That's I, was, awesome. I was pretty, I didn't know it was happening. Didn't talk about it yesterday. Great sports show. Hey, great yeah. fucking sports show. Woo! The Heisman. <laughs> didn't even know it was happening. It's a weird year. Well, they're not in New York. They're not doing <laughs> yeah. all this stuff. So. I guess, yeah, but I didn't even know what was going on. So I, I'm flipping through the channel after knocking somebody out in the Oculus of Arena. Of course. Congrats. Thank you. I went back and practiced some on some uh, weaker opponents. Oh, just work on the moves? Yeah, yeah. speed bag? Uh, you do have a speed bag and a heavy bag, and there's a focus ball if you want to get in there. Ooh. So I think it will kind of come swinging at you if you want. Yeah, the heavy bag, actually, there's something in there, I guess, that it, it, it judges how hard you hit it, and then it puts you in a class. Oh, it's like one of those drunk machines. 
Exactly. Mm. By the way, I have not walked out of many bars that have those without the record on that thing. <laughs> and I think a lot of my Oculus opponents are learning that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I need to work on a couple more combos. I only got the gut hook. Yeah. And I think I'm, it's going to get me knocked out eventually whenever I get up to the top ranks there. I was reading reviews on the fight thing that I uh, play, by the way. A lot of boxers saying this is the most realistic. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and they're like thankful. I was reading the reviews. They're like, uh, we are very thankful that a, it was probably from the people that made it, by the way. <laughs> True. Yeah. But there's a couple of them. So unless they did it a couple of times, they're like, uh, this is real life boxing. Like, don't expect every heavy punch to like knock the person out. Like you have to land your punches and things like that. So it makes me feel as if I, I feel like I am garnering a skill here while doing this. And if that truck wants to cut me off again yeah. on the highway, I will pull over. Yeah, right. I will pull them all out with a mask on, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I will fucking Oculus box them in real life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? How about mm -hmm. that? I got this. That's just a night, night. Look out. I got 13 bodies on the Oculus with that one Jeez. move. I mean. 13 bodies. Papa! Gut punch. Ugh, bang right to the jaw. I'll see you. See you later. How you doing? Don't forget, no losses. Let's let's not leave that out as well. I got people. No losses. Every win has been by knockout. I don't know if everybody's playing through the fight and that's how it's going. And if that's how everybody is, I'm all the way at the top class too, by the way. Thank you. Here I am. Uh, somebody, people have been sending me combos to learn from. Tyson has this, I guess, this back like almost like a, uh, a liver, ooh, shot. Yeah. liver shot and then they open up an uppercut so i'm gonna work on that one with the next yeah, yeah i'm gonna work on that one anyway so i got done out of the oculus arena and i'm flipping through the thingy because there's nothing on tv now okay man yeah monday what are we doing what are, there was no monday night football i was mm -mm. i was at a loss Son all of a sudden bitch. just kind of take that out of our life real quick no tuesday night football which there had been a couple times <laughs> yeah no chance that and as we're moving along here it's just like okay so there's no football anymore. Oh, wow yeah. We fucking, we, yeah, we know Wednesday afternoon football. Uh, so I'm just trying to figure out what I'm doing here. And uh, I saw a Heisman presentation and I was like, are they replaying a Heisman thing? And it was like 2020 Heisman. I was like, holy shit, here we go. <laughs> and it was literally as they were introducing all the legends that were on Zoom calls from like the 60s, the 70s, mm -hmm. the 80s and all that shit. And they have that big thing. And it's like, a, it's like a 50 bucks. Yeah, from the fucking Jeez. Zoom thing. So I'm literally watching this and I'm immediately judging everybody's backdrop, you know, because mm -hmm. there's some Heismans that did not give a fuck. Okay. And it was in the earlier years. They did not make this collage here. But those, those are some good ones. Yeah. Tim Tebow, lower right wow. corner, by the way. Yep. Yeah, yeah, good. yeah, he did. He did great. Tori, I believe, there next to him. And then if you go, yeah. So I, I literally caught it as it was going. And then they were, and this year's, I was like, no way. I just showed up, like, as he was announced. And this year's winner. And then they show the four shot. You got Mac Jones and Devontae sitting in the same room. And then you had Trevor Lawrence sitting in, like, a team room, it looked like. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple of people scattered in there. And then, you know, you get the whole crew's in there, right? Yeah. So then they announced the winner. And Mac Jones has to, like, actually turn and look uh -huh. at him and clap for him. Yeah. And then you see Trevor and Cal uh, Trask. They're both, you know, I've been in that position, by the way. College football award show. I sh I shouldn't have won out of everybody in the country, but out of the finalists, I should have won. Okay, the Ray guy. Award. Okay, I we weren't the right three to get selected. I knew that, and I think the other guys knew that. But out of the three, I was clearly the the guy that should have won. And they got a camera like right here where this microphone is right on your face, and they're like, uh, "And to win." And I'm like, "Get!" I'm like, "This speech is about to be <laughs> get you know, ready." Like, hey, this yeah. is this is going to be awesome. Everybody in West Virginia, the boys had a party to watch this thing. Like, mm -hmm. they were excited for me to get up there. And I'm like, basically, I feel like I'm going to win. And then they announce the other guy's name or whatever. And then you're on camera. And, with, and somehow I'm not supposed to say, what the fuck? Like, yeah. hey. yeah. And by the way, if I do that, I'm a bad sport. Who was Oh, it? yeah. You know what? Uh, I don't remember. Huh. 
Which makes sense. It wasn't the right guy. Well, Ray, Ray had a run there for like good five, six years where all the guys he picked stunk at punting footballs. <laughs> Come in on, the NFL. Ray. They were good in college, but in the NFL, they were just not good. But I still have a lot of respect for Ray, but it's kind of fucked up. You put me on camera that close. <laughs> Very. I wouldn't even came. Like, if I'm not going to win, I'm not going you think Tim McAfee wanted to miss work to fly down to fucking Orlando in this uh-uh. in this in this funeral suit you got him in right now? You think Sally wanted to do that? No way in hell. I'm looking from 2007 to 2010, and I don't know any of the names that yeah. won. Yeah, yeah, you do. I, nice guys, by the way. The of dude, the dude that won was a very nice guy. Chaz Henry, Drew Butler, Matt, no. No. Matt, what? Matt Fodge. That was That was it. That was him. The Fodge. Fodge won Oklahoma State, I think. Yep. Yeah. He only had like. Uh, I think he only had like 20-some punts in the whole season. I had like 20-some 50-yard punts in the entire season. So it was like a uh, – it was very interesting. I don't even think he had enough punts to even register for uh, some stats. So and Ween was probably what a joke. They were slinging the ball, mm-hmm. yeah. He was a good punter probably, but he didn't – he hadn't really punted in the way like Ray was talking into the delivery of who won. Like this guy had shown that he was blah, blah. I was like, oh, he's talking about me for sure. And then that guy won. I was like, ah, really nice guy. We had beers the night before. I really like him. But the, the situation of having to be on camera and lose – and then you're like, oh, so you just used me basically for this entire fucking little mm-hmm. spectacle, little mm-hmm. clown show you got here. <laughs> and Trevor Lawrence is just supposed to sit there and be like, oh, way to go. You Congrats. know what I mean? But if Trevor Lawrence, if I'm a GM, do I want Trevor Lawrence to, and not Trevor Lawrence, but losers of awards, do I, do I not want them to be a little bit pissed off? Like, a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, flip the camera off. At something. that age, you shouldn't you know, be jaded towards awards knowing that they're all bullshit. You know, mm-hmm. like in college, you should still believe in those things. Right. You know what I mean? I don't know, but the whole process was awesome. Devontae, they showed his entire hometown, which is in Louisiana, by the way. So his entire town's from uh, in Louisiana somewhere. Could be big LSU fans. They all got Bama shirts on. The entire place did an entire interview with the, the mom. And then at the end, she said, roll tide. And the entire base, it seemed like the entire town was like, roll tide. It was like, Saban's got troops on the ground <laughs> in Louisiana. Does Coach O even know that? So it was literally like, Six minutes of just like great TV, and I was like, "All right, well, uh, off we go here." So I saw the Heisman. Congrats to Devontae. Trevor Lawrence declares this morning he's going to make a lot of money. Who's going to go? Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Patriots. You guys going to get a quarterback or what? I mean, who knows? Lombardi said uh, the other day on Hammer Down that you know seven teams in the top ten need a quarterback. So hopefully Trey Lance falls to us. But if not, let's bring in Fitz Magic. Come home, finish the AFC East. You've played for three of the four. You might as well play for all four of them. Let's go and get ten wins. Uh, you're listening to at Boston Connor, a 25 year old man from outside of Boston who has lived a very privileged and lucky life in his sports world. Yeah. He was five years old when the Patriots dynasty began, and he is currently realizing what his future looks like. I think, which oh, yeah. is a team that maybe isn't always going to go to the Super Bowl every mm-hmm. single year, and now they got to kind of rebuild that thing. Tom E. Curran quote tweeted Adam Schefter tweeted. Yeah. Okay, and Tommy Curran from NBC Sports Boston, Patriots Insider up there, he tweeted a drunk person gif, basically, like (laughs) eyes confused, because Adam Schefter tweeted that Cam Newton has a potential landing spot in the at the Washington football team yep. for somewhere from 20 to 30 million dollars a year or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the Greg Hill show, shout out to Greg Hill, Adam Schefter was asked where Cam Newton would go this offseason. He said, "The most natural spot for Cam would be Washington if he's going to leave New England, obviously because of Ron Rivera." When asked about the contract, he said, "I'm going to guess 2 years with incentives 40 to 50 million dollars." Okay. Pause. 
Could you fathom Cam Newton getting a $50 million contract after this year? I'd be so fucking pumped for Cam Newton. I'd be so oh, yeah. incredibly pumped for Cam Newton. I'm a good for you, man. Hey, 86 days, that guy couldn't get a job. Goes to New England. Okay, 4.30 a.m. wake-up time. Or 4.20 wake-up time. 4.30 out the door. He worked his ass off. It just didn't work out as much. Now he's going to get 40 to $50 million because he went through the New England process. I mean, good for Cam. Go, go yeah, check him. But that means what? Alex Smith is definitely at if that's uh-huh. going to happen. Mm-hmm. Alex Smith, by the way, five and one quarterback. Bruce Arians alluded to that uh, on Greeny yesterday, the show uh, that I got a chance to go on. Bruce came on after. He said, uh, We're not playing a team that's what, six and 10 or whatever. We're playing a five and one team. Dwayne Haskins ain't playing. Alex mm-hmm. Smith, I guess, is. He said four and one, but Alex Smith is actually five and one over there. Are they going to extend Alex Smith after this year? Is there potential? Uh, a whole new beginning in Washington next year? You got that incredible D-line. Are you going to sign a quarterback? Maybe make some moves in a draft, go get a new quarterback? Or is Alex Smith going to be able to potentially settle down in the DMV? You know what I mean? Yeah. A guy who went through 17 surgeries, damn near death, who's 5-1 and one as your quarterback, and he gave Aaron Donald a, uh, a piggyback ride. Yeah. Okay, what are we going to do? Or is Schefter just saying, uh, that that's what he thinks, and obviously Ron Rivera would be a spot that he knows about. If you look at it, it's basically the floor for starting quarterbacks if you're not on your rookie contract. Like Derek Carr makes 22, Teddy Bridgewater makes 23, Alex Smith 23, Brady 25. Like that's, huh. and then it drops down to the rookie contract. So that would be them saying you're a starting quarterback, but we don't view you as. And you, you shouldn't either as the upper echelon, 150, 200 million dollar quarterback. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Is Alex Smith contract up after this year? Let me no, it says here on this website that he is there next year as well for the twenty three million. All right. Damn we, it. we gotta get to a break. We could swap, you know, bring Alex Smith to New England. If Cam wants to go down there, we'll just trade him right back. Come on up, Al. Who's gonna be your offense coordinator? McDaniels? Yeah, McDaniels, sure. I mean, might as well just give it to a Belichick. We got a few of them out. Alex out Smith there. has two years left in uh Washington. <laughs> An insider uh, from the NFL Network, ladies and gentlemen, the arrow, which is always pointing up, it seems, for this man, Tom Pellicero. What's going on, Tom? Happy birthday, AJ. Happy birthday, AJ. Happy Happy birthday, birthday, AJ. AJ. Very nice of you to uh, to do that, Tom. Also, three callers earlier wanted to wish you a happy birthday, AJ. I don't know if you heard it or not. A guy named Caleb, Jacob, and uh, Dan or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tom, I want to know right now, uh, about whatever's happening behind the scenes in the NFL that we need to know about. Please, right now, Tom, what's going on in the world of the NFL? That's a hell of an opener. Where do you want to begin? <laughs> we got six different coaching searches. We've got seven or six or seven GM openings right now. You've got the playoffs getting ready to start. There's a lot of moving parts. Let's let's put it that way. Okay, let's start with uh, the first GM hire, Casario. Uh, how's that going to work out? Was Deshaun Watson tweeting about him whenever he says same story, or was he talking about social justice things going on with Jacob Blake? What? How do you think the GM hiring process is going for everybody? And let's start with the Houston Texans. I can't speak for Deshaun Watson. Certainly the timing made a lot of people curious about what he was uh, tweeting about. With Nick Casario, I mean, he's a guy who's been on the Texans' radar for a long time, and specifically last year when they tried to bring him over, but based on some contractual uh, clauses, they were not able to bring him in for an interview. The NFL actually created a rule this year that you no longer can put in 
those type of clauses that prevent people uh, from interviewing for potential promotions. So Casario was available. He certainly entertained GM options in recent years. He's one of those guys on the short list um, of front office executives who really, when you ask around about them within the league, you don't hear anything bad on Nick Casario. He's respected as a guy. He's really sharp. He's respected as a evaluator. He works at it. Uh, he's been in one place for a long time in New England with a guy in Bill Belichick who really has his fingerprints on every decision. Um, now he goes to Houston, takes over a team that, you know, they have Deshaun Watson. Okay, they have a quarterback. That's a huge part of the equation. He showed this season, Watson did, that, you know, even with all the other issues around him, he at least single-handedly can keep you in games. But you've got a salary cap that is in rough shape right now. Duff. You've got a lo- bunch of huge contracts for older players that were negotiated uh, during the brief fleeting Bill O'Brien general manager era. Um, you know, the money committed to guys like Zach Cunningham and Whitney Merciless and you know, Laramie Tunsil, who did play up to the contract, but it was a three-year deal, $22 million a year, that completely blew the entire market out of the water. So you're locked into these things, and you don't have picks because they traded away so many picks for the, in the Tunsil deal, uh, among others. So you have some challenges there. Um, you know, I would certainly expect, I don't know the exact length of Casario's deal, I would expect it's a longer deal uh, because the Texans have to know they've got – a lot of work to do, not just to rebuild the roster, but really rebuild the culture um, in reflection of some of the uh, complaints and concerns you heard voiced most prominently by J.J. Watt. Okay, J.J. is probably getting cut. Uh, They saved $17 million if they cut him. A lot of big names potentially going to get cut this offseason because the salary cap is going to plateau. Excited to keep up with the Aero Tom Pelissero offseason and see those moves being made. One move was alluded to this morning by reports that were breaking off the Greg Hill show. Cam Newton potentially going to get a two-year deal worth 40 to 50 million dollars is there a market for cam newton you think in this offseason because i think a lot of us were surprised to hear that there's a chance that he's still going to be able to be a starter not have to potentially go back up somewhere and go back up after the year that he's had new england after being unemployed for 86 days even though i'm a big fan it, it that was a little bit surprising to me Cam Newton's last time really being an effective NFL quarterback was the first half of the 2018 season, before he hurt the shoulder. Then he hurt the foot in 2019, didn't play much, comes back this year, was up and down. What did he throw, six touchdown passes the entire season? I mean, you're going to have to have a plan. You're going to have to bet on the medical. Uh, You're going to have to think about a lot of things when it comes to Cam Newton. I mean, think of it this way, and this is just kind of always the macro view on the quarterback position. You have to look at how many teams need a guy, and how many teams or how many you know, potential guys are available. They're potentially, depending on who you ask right now in terms of uh, scouts, GMs around the league, there could be five, maybe even six quarterbacks in the first round of this year's draft. So you're talking about a pretty robust rookie class uh, starting off with Trevor Lawrence. You've got a bunch of potential quarterbacks now who could be available. Phillip Rivers on a one-year deal. Um, we don't know exactly what happens uh, with Drew Brees. Mitch Trubisky had his option declined. He'll be available. Uh, you know, Cam Newton is somewhere on the list. Jameis Winston goes back because he was on a one-year deal as well. Uh, for guys like Jameis and Cam Newton, there wasn't a huge market last year. You know, they had to wait uh, for a while to even find homes. And so, you know, we'll see exactly what the market bears. I just don't know, yeah, from based on the people I've talked to, who would be willing to commit substantial amounts oh, of oh, 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 Every single time. I'm starting to think it's you guys calling me. <laughs> yeah, that's my only theory. I don't get any more no-caller ID calls than when I'm on this show. Well. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you're, you're just going to have to figure out whether or not there's really a, a marketplace for them because I just don't know how you're going to commit substantial guaranteed money 
based upon not just this season for Cam Newton, but if you look back over the past three years. Yeah, he stunk this year. It was, it was a shame he stunk this year, too. I was bummed out about it. I was his biggest supporter. I, I just think he's going to have to earn another spot. When I heard that this morning, I was surprised as well. AJ, what do you got? Well, what's a shame with Cam Newton is just, if you go back, sorry, AJ, but when yeah, you go fuck back to 2015, which was the MVP season, you go back to Cam's MVP season, you know, he really added the element of being able to play from the pocket. He became much better passer. When you add that to how physical of a runner he was and the way that could create mismatches and favorable matchups on the back end, you know, he was, he was a really unique threat. But the moment that you start getting beat up when you play the position that way, uh, it's going to have a trickle-down effect on the type of, you know, defensive looks you're seeing as well as how much you want to run uh, Cam Newton. Mechanically, he doesn't look like the same guy. Certainly, you don't want to run him 20 times a game at this point. So it's just it's complicated with him because you have to kind of – run an offense that's built around that skill set. But at this point, you have to ask yourself, what is Cam Newton's skill set that you want to build around? Hey, Tom, what about all the head coaching positions open? Like, who do you think might be the first one to kind of come off the board and, and who's going to get hired and where would it be? It's a great question, AJ, because this year's uh, search process by Pat uh, has, <laughs> is playing out a little bit differently because, you know, all the initial interviews – what do you got there? Looks My thing, he died. I, I, I'm listening oh. to you through a headphone of a thing over here. It's kind of faint, but... My thing dies like six a day. I'm probably <laughs> terrible for the world. We'll change it though. We'll get better. Yeah. We'll get better. Let's just New let's year. clip that quote from Pat out of context. My thing dies six <laughs> times a day. Just leave that. Run that in promos forever. Hey, if I'm dying uh, six times a day, Tom, I'm pretty pumped. <laughs> <laughs> even if she dies, pal. Even if she dies. The process with the hiring is a little bit different this year because all these initial interviews you'd normally be able to do with, let's say, the Eric B. Enemies of the world who've already interviewed for five of the six openings, you could do those in person. You could fly in the, during the bye week, go talk to them. Same thing with all the coaches who are in wildcard games this week. After this game, anytime next week, even if you win, you'd be able to do those in person. Now those are all over Zoom. Uh, so you've got a, a huge you know, bunch of the coaches. There's, one, there's you know, two fewer buys now, too. So you have fewer coaches who are available to interview right now. The ones who are available can only do it on Zoom, except for the guys who are uh, not currently in the playoffs. The likes of Robert Solly, you could bring him in uh, for an in-person interview. So it's a little harder to project at this point uh, who's going to land where. I mean, I would tell you uh, in Houston, with Nick Casario getting that GM job, you certainly have to think first about guys out of the, uh, the Patriots tree, especially Jack Easterby is there as well. Uh, you know, if you're looking at guys like Brian Dable, the Bills offensive coordinator, who's going to be hot for several positions, he's definitely going to be in the mix uh, with the Chargers. He's definitely going to be in the mix with the New York Jets. Uh, you know, guys like Gerard Mayo, who's currently on the Patriots staff, not that far removed from his playing career. It would not be a surprise if you see him pop up with an interview. They already interviewed Joe Brady in Houston, who'd be another interesting one. I believe him and Nick Casario have some kind of a relationship. Uh, so you can see a guy like that popping up there. It's somebody who's going to be able to get the best out What's of the quarterback. What's the relationship? have a plan for getting the best out of the quarterback. What's the relationship there? What matters in one of these football relationships to get people hired? Like the Oculus box together or like they coach together? They got coffee together? Because remember, McVay got like five people hired just because they happened to take a piss in the same bathroom one time. Yep. <laughs> That's a hell of a visual. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it's, they were, it's there was in part, a bunch of urinals. You want... Yeah. You want alignment. That, that's the biggest thing. Like, let's take the Carolina general manager opening. Okay, Matt Rule wants somebody who he knows or has some kind of pre-existing relationship with to make sure they're going to be aligned. And it's hard to tell that in a two-hour Zoom call. Yeah, you can bring them in eventually, sure. do an interview through masks. It's the most challenging time ever to hire a, a GM, and yet this is the year where we have seven openings when normally there's only one or two. So in Carolina, you connect the dots. You know, Adam Peters played for Rule at UCLA. 
Uh, he knows guys like Ed Dodds from the Colts, who I was interviewing today, and I would expect to be a strong candidate for that position. Jerry Reese worked with Rule for a year with the Giants. It's, it's not the end-all, be-all. I mean, you're, you're talking about really narrowing your pool. And this, frankly, is, is you know partly responsible for the lack of diversity in the NFL, is you've got a lot of, well, I'm already comfortable with that guy. Well, when you have this this disparity in terms of the uh, makeup of NFL players versus the makeup of NFL front offices and coaching staffs, and then you end up with people hiring, I don't want to say their buddies, but people they already know, well, odds are it's going to be a guy who looks like you. So, who is it? Oh, oh, oh. Who was it, Tom? I think it's you. I, that's, that that's my only theory me. at this point. Um, nope. I got football in my hands because no, that's what we're doing. Yeah, it's a record breaking. For, but I do believe Rappaport potentially calls you because every time he's <laughs> on, he gets those same calls. I think from you every single time. And then he and then he hangs up and then rips me for being too boring on the show. And then he hangs <laughs> up on you, which I've never done. So just did you hear him ask me who's better, you or him? Yeah, and I, I understood your answer. I didn't necessarily agree that I don't give you enough when I get a call on the air. You but, don't. But it's a, it's don't. a no caller ID call. There's not much I can do. Yeah, but every single time you say that, and the only person that knows if that's the tr- the case or not is you. You know what I mean? So like, we don't. Ian would. Ian gave us a. I gotta go. I gotta go. Yeah. That means we're like, okay, we have something to talk about at least for the next twenty minutes because he's about to break some news. Because you guys, by the way, whenever there's down days, it's your guys' position in the sports world to generate news basically it, it, that is yeah. it's a very vital thing in this entire world like this off season we appreciate you for your work already because you're going to give us 15 20 minutes of shit to talk about probably on a daily basis you know what i mean here's, here's the other thing though when when ian hangs up on you the one that he hung up on you last time which was we ended up breaking the dwayne haskins release from Washington. like that was a real one but I would not put it past him at all to sometimes just be like, hold on, I got a call. Like when he wants to wrap up the interview, just be like, I got to take this. It's something big. <laughs> like he's Ian Rappaport is the king of acting like he knows everything. Like anytime <laughs> I call him, anytime oh, I call him and just say like, hey, I got this thing. Just this is coming. He's always like, oh, yeah, I heard that. Oh. <laughs> there is very, it is very rare to call him and have him say, wow, really? Like even if I know he, he doesn't actually have it, it's. Yeah, no, I heard that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. You, yeah, yeah. Okay, sounds good. That, that's him. Is there, I love him, but that, that's him. Is there a little beef within the barracks, pal? Is there a little no. bit of uh, enemy within our own no. camp? Like Are it. you guys rowing the boat in the same direction over there at NFL Network? Oof. No, we, we say the same thing to his face that I'm saying to you now. Oh, He's no. the absolute king of always saying, yeah, I had that. A uh, couple, couple quick questions here. John Elway fires himself and promotes himself in the same move. Awesome. Goes up top. Are, who's going to potentially fill that role? Is that Peyton Manning coming in there to do that? Doesn't sound like it's going to be Peyton Manning. Uh, Peyton would have to decide that he wants to, to go do that. You know, Peyton seems to be enjoying retirement life and kind of popping up here awesome and there and doing his TV shows or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, you know, but there, there's several strong candidates for that job. Again, you connected, first of all, to some of the people who have been in that building. In the past, Champ Kelly, who's the assistant player personnel director for the Bears, also worked with Vic Fangio in Chicago. Those two have a really good relationship. Vic's part of the search process. Champ was previously in Denver. He'd be a candidate. Adam Peters from the 49ers, Dave Ziegler from the Patriots. Those names would all make sense, former Broncos employees. They've also put in for George Payton from the Vikings, Thomas Dimitrov, who's the former Falcons general manager. I had a strong interview in Detroit a couple of weeks ago. Now Ian's calling me. Oh, wow. <laughs> you guys got an insider source there? I'll call him back when we're done. What if it's uh, breaking on, news? Guys, I got to go. No. 
Um, so there's there's a bunch of they're they're running a wide search. They're kind of at the beginning of it right now. Uh, that that's a job that has a lot of potential. I mean, living in Denver, they got a good facility. You know, you've got a lot of questions in terms of the roster, but you do have some good young talent on the team, Cortland Sutton's of the world. Um, they've, they've got a lot of potential in that building, so I would expect that that's going to be a coveted job. Hey, what about uh, – we know, like, there's been the, the rumors of Urban Meyer to Jacksonville, who oh. knows, Dabo and Harbaugh's out there. Are we going to see one of these head coaching positions filled by a college coach or, or you know, an ex-college coach like Urban? Entirely possible, AJ, especially in Jacksonville, which absolutely is uh, open to the idea of Urban Meyer. They, they've certainly discussed it. It's a matter of are you going to make the financial commitment to somebody who is not coached in the NFL? And Urban's not coming cheap. Whatever the you know the figure is when he was looking for college jobs, it was around twelve million. Uh, whatever the number is for NFL teams, it's going to be a lot of money. You're committing to somebody on probably a longer term type of deal every time. Uh, a longer term type of a deal in order to uh, lure him in. And, and, you know, quite frankly, and I'm not being insensitive at all with this, but Urban Meyer is a guy who has had significant health issues. He retired from Florida after, you know, some stress related things. He was admitted to a hospital with chest pains. He retired from Ohio State after dealing with a uh, congenital brain cyst. Uh, and you, when you're talking oh, about the shit. NFL, you know, you're not going. 12 and 1 every year in the NFL. I mean, you go to Jacksonville, if you go 9 and 7, it's a big step forward. That's a lot, you know, on someone. So, certainly it sounds like Urban thinks that he is up to it health-wise. It certainly seems like he has a, a strong interest in it. Uh, but all those things are kind of these unanswered questions that, you know, as the Jaguars move through their interview process, they talk to Eric Bieniemy today, they're going to talk to Raheem Morris tomorrow, they got Robert Sala uh, on Saturday. Oh. Uh, they're, you know, they're they're doing their <laughs> they're doing their homework. Uh, but certainly Urban is lurking in the background, and so at least now you're going to have several other uh, interviews and possibilities to compare them to. Tom, the boys have a couple questions, but my final one here is Carson Wentz is going to what team other than the Indianapolis Colts? Besides the Colts? No, he's not uh, coming I mean, to the Colts. Matty Stafford's coming to the Colts. You broke that news already. The Carson Wentz, <laughs> mm-hmm. where's Carson Wentz going to end up at, you think? And is there a market for Carson Wentz out there? There's a market for Carson Wentz. The question just becomes, what can the Eagles realistically get from him uh, You know, in terms of draft pick compensation? Because he's due, uh, off the top of my head, I can't remember the exact number, but I think it's like 22.5 next year. And so that's not huge money if you think you're getting a franchise quarterback. But now you've got to go back through the past really three years of tape, going back to the knee injury he had in 2017 at the Coliseum. You know, do you think that you can harness that guy who was an MVP candidate in his second season prior to when he went down, or are you getting the Carson Wentz who just you know, has been beat up, he's dealt with several different injuries and was not all that uh, effective this year? I know that there are people, I can tell you this factually, there are people in the league who still believe Carson Wentz can be a franchise quarterback. They think that you know the, the style of offense that's being run right now, uh, some of the challenges they've had at the skill spots along the offensive line, that all that has been uh, disadvantageous to Carson Wentz, not to mention that he's playing in you know a challenging media market on a team that on all sides of the ball uh, is bad right now. You know, they won the Super Bowl three years ago. He, of course, was hurt. It was Nick Foles who took over. But, you know, they were a good team. They made the playoffs the past two seasons. This year was a complete flop. It was a complete failure uh, from from every aspect. So the first question is, do the Eagles actually want to deal, with, deal him? Will they, they have to. deal him? If you're talking about exploring the trade market, then, okay, you know, can you get a first-round draft pick for Carson Wentz? Is it something substantially less than that? If you get offered a three for Carson Wentz, but you can unload the salary and play with Jalen Hurts, is that enough? 
you want to make that move. And part of this is going to be on Carson Wentz, too. Uh, I know that my colleague Mike Garofolo reported this a couple of days ago that you can expect those conversations between Carson Wentz and the Carson Wentz's representation and the Eagles probably to get going within the next week or two here because this is not something you're going to deal with in March right before free agency with all the other things we discussed with quarterbacks in the draft free agents other potential trade possibilities whether it's Matthew Stafford or otherwise you need to start figuring out right now what are we going to do with Carson Wentz because that's going to set the rest of your offseason plan Gumpy yeah Tom it uh, truly broke my heart to see Chan Gailey resign this morning I'm just wondering if you're hearing any rumblings of who could take the OC job in uh, Miami. And, Tom, before you answer that, that guy potentially pushed Chan Gailey oh. to resigning this morning. With oh, yeah. He's a diehard Dolphins fan, and he danced on Chan Gailey's firing grave yesterday mm-hmm. because he feels like Chan Gailey ruined two of this year, basically. Well, I mean, I would tell you this. Evaluators in the league thought that Tua was the perfect fit for the offense that Chan Gailey wanted to run. I mean, everything would seem to be set up for Ooh. Tua to have success uh, in that scheme. And the question now for Brian Flores is just do you continue to try to run that style of offense, the spread it out, shotgun, you know, see the field, distribute the football type of an offense, or do you, you know, for the third time in your three seasons as head coach, do you do something completely different uh, offensively? You know, you've got guys that Brian Flores has relationships with, Bill O'Brien, is one. Don't forget Jim Caldwell is still out there. He was originally on Flores' staff. He wasn't the offensive coordinator, but I believe he was assistant head coach uh, in 2019 prior to Jim had some health concerns before training camp had stepped away from the staff, did not coach last year, did not coach this year, uh, but somebody who you know certainly I would expect would be interested in offensive coordinator jobs. If that door is open, uh, that's a name I would not discount either. Tom, Tom, what about Adam Gase? Bring Adam back. OC. Come on back down to Miami. 305. MIAO. Adam will have opportunities to come back as an offensive coordinator. If you look at his uh, numbers through the years, statistical rankings, not just with Peyton Manning, but even the stuff he did in Chicago, he's been a pretty good offensive coordinator through the course of his career. It will not be in Miami. I can virtually guarantee you that. Um, I know I saw one report that, you know, potentially reuniting with Nick Saban, Mm -hmm. uh, who gave, I think, Gase his first job at Michigan State way back in the day. Uh, You know, that would be one uh, consideration. Uh, If Adam wants to coach, remember, he's still got years left on his contract here. If he wants to coach uh, in 2021, I would certainly think that there would be interest in him uh, as an offensive coordinator, just a matter of whether or not, um, you know, it it would be dialed up for it to happen right now. You friends with Adam Gates? You got to be. Yeah, you are. Neighbors. (laughs) I wouldn't say I'm friends with anybody in the NFL, but I I know Adam a little bit, sure. Yeah, yeah, you have to. All right, anyways, thanks. What do you got? Uh, Tom, when can we expect to hear the news about the suspensions of Dredrick Wills and Rashad Higgins for uh, joy joy riding around Cleveland like Dom Toretto? Yeah, so obviously. Drag racing, I believe, is the actual choice. In Westlake, I guess, which is a very uppity area in Cleveland, they were drag racing, allegedly. They potentially were just trying to get home to get to a Zoom meeting, okay? They were down the road working out at a gym that they closed down. They desanitized. There was marijuana, cigarette, and dope in the car. That might have been part of the the Zoom call. Okay, they wanted to get into the Zoom call. They were racing back to get to the Zoom call obviously but with the cleveland situation how it is there was a conversation about you know are they gonna be able to stop this spread before the game are we moving the game i mean this has been the the cleveland browns dog pound do not deserve what is happening from covid in their first playoff appearance in what 75 years or whatever it's insane here's how messed up my brain has become over the past 10 months here was my first thought when i saw they were drag racing was oh it's good they weren't in the same car 
because of course that would be a potential protocol violation mm. for COVID, and Bingo. that's a much nice. much larger issue. And As it stands now, it's a first degree misdemeanor, punishable by up to six months and a thousand dollar fine. Six months in jail. By the way, that was I don't months. think they're getting six months in jail. They pled not guilty this morning, but oh. yeah, I would, that would that would Phew. surprise me. I want to let you know for my alleged incident when I uh, was in jail and then I had my court hearing in the jail. They said, do, sir, do you understand that this is punishable of up to like 30 days in jail or something? I said, 30 days? I actually said 30 days in jail? I, you know, like, sir, my lawyer was basically like, shut up, shut up. <laughs> I don't understand that. I, I did not know that that was something that was potentially staring me down in the face right now. I don't know that. Your Honor, will you want to go back to your uh, cell by yourself? No, I do know that. Yeah, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> Tom, we appreciate your time, buddy. I assume you have news to break. Uh, and things to do in Ian Rappaport conversations to be had. And every time you join us, we appreciate you, buddy. I'm going to call him. We'll get him on speakerphone one of these times when I drop some nugget on him so you can see the reaction. Oh. Nice. I like that. You guys are a great little team over there. Appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Pellicero. Joining us now is a man that is the current UFC heavyweight champion of the world. A lot of people say he's the greatest heavyweight to ever fight other humans. Ladies and gentlemen. Stipe Miocha! Yeah! What's up, dude? What's up, man? How are you, dude? I'm fantastic. How was your new year? Hey, not too shabby. How was yours? Happy 2021, pal. You as well. Um, it was good. You know, I think I went to bed by 1030. So it was a good night. It is hard to make it to the uh, the midnight these days. You know, got to take the photos early. So everybody thinks you're up, post them the next day. Oh, New Year's was awesome. <laughs> it was a blast. It's all, it's all about the gram, dude. Hey, Steve, a quick question for you. Whenever I say greatest heavyweight fighter of all time, uh, that has to be a pretty cool little thing to have other people say about you, because I'm not the only one saying it, by the way. I do a little research on the Internet. Uh, what do people say about Stipe? And that's what they, that has to feel like a pretty badass thing that you could walk into any building, okay, and just beat the dog shit out of any human in there. That has to feel pretty cool. Uh, I'm more of a lover than a fighter, you know. Uh, but honestly... Yeah, I mean, it's, it just means I'm doing something right. It means I'm doing, you know, what I've trained for. And it just, uh, you know, it, but it's not just me. It's, you know, my coaches, my teammates, my wife, my family, my friends. Like, you know, it's a, it's, it takes a village, you know. I, I have an amazing village behind me. And, you know, everyone's invested. And I'm very lucky to have these people part of it. What is the, how'd you get into that? You Like when you were a kid, you just beat the hell out of people and you're like, you know what? I should make this a living. Maybe, maybe I should. I, I wish, I wish. No, um, when I, actually, my only fight, I think, real fight, when I was 11 years old, I got the shit kicked out of me. <laughs> I was at the pool and I literally, I just, I mean, it just, he didn't ice me or anything, but he just pieced me up. Like, I was crying. I was like, how dare you hit me? <laughs> hey, that guy's on. still telling that story now, by the way. Yeah. I would be too. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, that, it, that really don't like confrontation. You know, I, I try to stay away from it. And, and then uh, I got done with college and I wrestled and all that. And I was working at the gym going back to become a firefighter paramedic. And uh, I was just, the guy in the gym was like, hey, I got this guy we're training with. He's fighting for, you know, training for a fight, Dan the Bulbovich. You know, he fought UFC in Pride and King of the Cage. And I said, sure, I'll help him. And then uh, his head coach is like my best friend, Marcus. And, uh, you know, I just never left the gym. I just loved every second of it. Also, it kept me out of trouble. It was a funny thing to say. It did keep me out of trouble. I was never going out all the time, spending money I didn't have, saving my money. Um, 
Yeah, I just, uh, you know, I'm very, uh, you know, I'm glad I found the sport. Not so much for, you know, of course, winning and, you know, doing well and making, taking care of my family, but also just keep me in the right path and make sure I was doing the right thing. Now, when do you have to learn how, like, do you, when do you learn you have a good chin? Because, for instance, Steve, I don't know if you've heard, it's kind of captivated the world. I'm the greatest Oculus boxer mm -hmm. that they've ever seen, okay, in the Oculus. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm knocking dudes out in this Oculus every single night, okay? I mean, I'm, I love it. I love it. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> but I, getting punched in the, in the actual face, like, I don't know if that's something I'm, I'm going to sign up for. At what point did you realize, like, oh, I can also get punched in the face and still be, because I assume that's a rather big hurdle in the entire fighting world. Yeah, it's a big hurdle. You know, if you don't have a good chin, that you, you you might not go as far as you would like. Uh, yeah, I, I I remember forget. Um, I was just wrestling and doing pad work, and my the, my coach was like, "Hey, dude, you're a spider day." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm just gonna wrestle and do pad work." He's like, "No." He was testing me to see how I'd react, and I said, "No, I'm good." And then one guy I was like, I don't even have a mouth guard, and so one of the guys, he's 155 pounds, gave me one of his old mouth guards. It was like a little piece of rubber on my teeth like that i have a big mouth so i was like oh i just look like it fits <laughs> so we had no headgear we had to use crappy gloves on no shit pads and so we're, we're going at it. we're doing four in may and uh i'm i have my hands are down i mean way down they usually are and uh I'm throwing punches i'm hitting them to hit me and i got hit with the left hook i kind of saw a light i'm like oh that was it oh that's not that bad so i started i started beating it out more I was like, this is great but then they realized i couldn't kick and so they kicked the living crap on my leg like it was really black for like three weeks i couldn't sit right for a week <laughs> it was so bad but i loved it like honestly I, he just tested me and i loved every second of it i loved you know i i loved like just uh it's like a puzzle to me you know it's just just there's so many different aspects of the sport and i just going on youtube watch other guys fight trying to transition what they do to to, to my capabilities because like you know it's just like kicking a field goal like you can show me how to kick your field goal but i might do a different way you know you might do a soccer style i might do a toe we, i don't know it's just <laughs> hey, as long as the ball goes through who cares that's all that matters right <laughs> exactly so i mean yeah so that's what i loved about it and i just i love the whole it's just a puzzle because like I, lo I love making guys do what they think they're going to do but i'm actually making them do what they want and they feel comfortable and then that's when i catch them okay so every single fight you have a complete different strategy obviously and then is your entire fight camp based around that strategy at what point do you is that at the beginning or is it always evolving like for instance your cormier fight um yeah. obviously dc hell of a champion everything a great fighter i would assume you train for him much differently than your next fight against johnny bones jones yeah, um, I mean, it doesn't matter who I'm fighting. You know, I fight a guy, you know, Struve who's seven foot to Cormier who's, you know, like six foot, whatever, six one, I don't know how tall he is or not even. Um, so, yeah, everything changes. It's just, it's always, it's always, it's not like boxing. You know, like, I think with boxing, you know, every guy is different, but also, you know, a guy has a tendency. And I think, uh, you know, but with MMA, there's so many different aspects. You got wrestling, you got takedowns, you got Muay Thai, you got, you know, a guy's good jiu-jitsu, you got to be careful with this, but a guy's got a good right hand and got to stay away from that. So it's just always something. It's just yeah. Just it's always changing for me. I just kind of throw punches and hope for the best and hope one lands. <laughs> uh, I, I snuck that in there in the question to see if you would address it because there's a lot of conversation about who you're fighting next. I mean that it is whenever you're the champion. Obviously, everybody wants to get to the top of the mountain, but the big dog's already up there. You know what I mean? So yes, the the bones question is one that's kind of getting riled up. I believe Ariel is, mm -hmm. yep. Hiwani is pushing that one, mm -hmm. and he's saying that, and then everybody else is saying, you go and go to as well. Do you have any say in that? And when will they have to give you a heads up, right? At some point, they'd have to give you a heads up. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to be fighting again this year. I'll just throw it out there. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who, but I mean. Oh, you know, oh, you know though. 
I, yeah, maybe I do. Maybe I do. <laughs> oh. I don't know. I just, uh, Are you pumped yeah. about it? Are you pumped about it? Oh, yeah. I'm always excited. Yeah, I love it. I love what I do. You know, the minute I'm not having fun, I'm out. You know, that's, 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 that's the reason I love training. And, like, like, you know, it's individual, but I love going to the gym. It doesn't matter what happens outside the gym. When I go to the gym, it's like peace. And then I come out and I feel 100 times better. I feel like even though I got to punch someone in the face or they punched me, no matter how good or bad of a day it is, I walk out, I'm like, I, I a therapist to myself, you know, I, I punched him in the face or they punched me. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Like, I feel so much better about myself, you know? <laughs> When's the fight? March? Uh, yeah, it could be March or April or something like that. You know, June, July. I don't know. I mean, oh, April. So it's in April. It's in April. <laughs> <laughs> so we got Steve Bates fighting in April. All right. We don't know who it's against. And I'm not going to get him any more shit because I would like you to continue to come on this show. Because I, uh, whenever I met you in Columbus and then whenever we did the crowd surf, I remember telling the boys, I'm like, Hey, this Stipe guy's super cool. And then one of our friends who's a UFC guy was like, oh, yeah, it's like the baddest dude on the planet, too. I was like, oh, yeah. whoa, Jesus. I didn't <laughs> piss the guy off. Stipe, how'd you become an Ohio guy? Were you all? Were you born and raised in yeah, Ohio? Born, 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 born and raised in Cleveland. Yep. That team Never. stinks, Stipe. Oh, <laughs> hey, geez. all these years, 18, not now, oh. not now, not now, not now, not now, not now. Well, you just said it, this team stinks. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just <laughs> For a long time, though. The dog yeah. pound has been so loyal. The fan base for the Browns, I talked about this. We played over there late in the season. Browns were already out, cold as hell, windy as hell. The place was packed. It was unbelievable. And the dog pound is just this rabid, loyal fan base. For so long, it has sucked. And then this year, we make the playoffs, and now everybody's got COVID. I mean, why? Oh. why is this, why, what's the deal with the dog pound? Right now? <laughs> I don't know, dude. It just... It seems like it's the cards are always stacked against us. I feel like it. there's always something. Um, I just uh, listen. We won 11 games this year, man. No one thought that at all. I was I was happy with eight and eight. I was, I was listen. Let's get to 500 and baby steps. Let's work our way up. You know? <laughs> but I'm okay with 11. You know, I'm down for 11 and five. You know, and uh, I mean, it's just it's just great to see. But of course, it's 2020. I mean, but now that I'm having fans, which is great, which is it, it, it's great to see. I went to two games this year. Um, so it was nice to see. And what was it? Twelve thousand people. Twelve thousand people there. It sounded. Well, it was a first, It was initially six. I think it went, went up to about. I think it's ten or twelve now. Maybe, maybe a little more now. It was so. loud. Though. I remember because mm-hmm. that was a Ravens game, right? Was yeah. It? Ravens. Yeah, that was the game I went, went to. Yeah, it was. I think it was definitely like twenty thousand people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I, I mean, actually, me and my best friend were talking about. It. I'm like, dude, there's way more than it should be here. He's like, and someone actually said, I think they 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 pushed it up a little bit. So. Have you fought in a crowdless environment? The Cormier fight, I guess, right? Yeah, that was awkward. Yeah, it was awkward. Is it weird? It was, uh... Is it weird for you guys? Because a lot of players who are veteran players are talking about how, you know, the juice, the juice from the crowd does help. And then the younger players, I think they don't even, they're still like so, like they're kind of wrapped up in it maybe, you know what I mean? They still got, yeah. but the older players, you, you talk to them, it's like the fans, I feel like have been a lot more of a juice effect for a lot of the older guys. Was it for, like that for you in the fight? Not so much that. It's just like when I walked out, I'm like, usually I get that one guy like, hey, you fucking suck. <laughs> you, know, you, know I mean? like, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to get knocked out or something. Like, oh, sorry if I keep swearing. But, no, uh, no, no, you're good. It's actually a lot better. It's just weird because, like, you know, you usually get that one guy or, you know, you're going to knock out or whatever. And, and then just walk out. I'm like, okay, cool. Here we are. Sweet. You know, I get greased up. And then the fight happens. You know, I win the fight. And usually I'm like, the only time I really feed off is, the crowd is after the fight, you know, because they're cheering, and that's so I'm pumped because I won, and there was no fans, so I'm like, "Yay!" 
We my, did my, it. My, co- my, co- my, my coach looked at me. He's like, are, are you happy? I'm like, I'm tired, dude. Like, I have more energy. Right now. <laughs> he's like, I get it. I get it. You know what I mean? So, you know, it, I was happy. I was joyful. But usually, it's like you said, the, the energy is usually for me after the fight because that's what it gets me going. You know, I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, like, it's fans are cheering. It's all like electricity going on. And But it was just weird because there was nothing there. I mean, you know, I mean. Did you box? Was, Did you box? Were you ever just a boxer or was it wrestling and then you got into fighting completely? Well, I started wrestling. The, the, the MMA, I did like five amateur fights. And then I took a year and a half off of just the amateur boxing. Went to Golden Globe Nationals and all that good stuff. And then uh, I just I just missed everything. I loved every, everything about it. I just loved just the puzzle. How do, you feel, how do you feel about... Um, like Jake Paul is fighting Ben Askren. Boxing yeah. seems to be getting quite. A, all right, I'll let, I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> but it seems like boxing is getting quite a surge because of the Paul brothers being interested in it. Almost, do you see it that way? Yeah, I mean, they say social media is a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, but yeah, no, uh, I mean they're doing it right. But all you know, it's helping boxing. But also, I think it's helping everything because like they're calling UFC fighters out too. All the guys are in Bellator guys, and uh, I think. Um, you know, don't bite, don't bite off more than you can chew. I mean, yeah, he might be a tough guy, but like, I don't care if the guy might not be, but the guy's been like, Askren's been in some scraps. That dude's been, he's been around like, you know, fighting and wrestling and all that. Dude, that's just like that. You know, like when you, like I tell people, like you get into a fight on the streets, look at the dude's ears first. You know, if the dude's ears are caught, <laughs> yes. walk away. Yeah. I, I, I would walk away. You know, I train. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm going to call it a day. I'm like, let's, I'm going to wrap it up. Like, Good job. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like, so you just, I don't know, just, uh, you know, I wish them the best. I understand why they're doing it. You know, it's all about the money. But at uh, the same time, like I said, don't bite off more than you can chew. Will you be like doing any boxing exhibitions, you think, when you're like 50 or 55, 60, maybe? Hey, they pay the right money, dude. I'll do whatever. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> yes, what do you got? Steve, are you still a firefighter? I am. I, uh, I worked this past weekend. Do you still, do you ever show up on the scene? And like they're like, hey, some guy, some guy's being a little ornery over there, Steve. Will you go take care of him? Yeah, actually, I'm that guy that wears the belt everywhere on every call. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. well, two no, of them. I'm a waist. I'm a waist. Oh, I'm you waist. okay? Yeah, smart. Because yeah, you don't so, get the hose. No, no, I don't, I don't do that. I don't, but uh, no, I uh, I had uh, one time actually. I had a one guy. He uh, he was pulled over and he's getting arrested. But he said he had whatever he had medical problems. So. And he was—he just didn't want to go to jail. And and the cops like, "Hey, you want his shoes on?" I'm like, "That's fine. If you try to run, I'm going to catch him anyway." You know. And the guy looked at me like terrified. Like I, was, I, I said, I might have said a little bit meaner. <laughs> and, I, and the cops like, the cops just started laughing and walked away. You know, because like the guy's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna chill out here." And I actually had another kid too. Yeah. He's like, I'm a, I'm a fighter. I'm like, cool, dude. Good for you. You know, and he's like, um, can I have withdrawals? I just, you know, I want to go crazy. I'm like, I wouldn't do that. You know, it's, it's cool, man. I just relax. And then he's like. No, I'm going to go crazy. And my, my partner was like, hey, do you watch UFC? He's like, oh, I'm trying to get UFC. He's like, oh, that's funny you say that because that guy fights in the heavyweight division of the UFC. And then he was my best friend. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> well, I better calm down. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. Have, I have trained a little bit, and I do wear affliction jeans, but I <laughs> I am not sure I can take on the guy. Uh, what do you got, Ty? Stipe, you've obviously been around and been like a, a lot of like big time scraps. Are there any guys that like still surprise you with their punching power? Like if they catch you, you're like, oh, shit, I wasn't really expecting that. I think every heavyweight, <laughs> I mean, it sucks because like they're all big guys, you know. So you got four ounce gloves, these little tiny gloves, and I mean it just takes one. I don't care who you are, just one little shot. I mean when you're not like DC, he hits hard. I give him, I give him credit. You know, I, I know Francis fights, you know, hits harder. I mean I fall guys that are in DC, but 
know, DC caught me right in a button. And, uh, you know, he put me out and I slammed my head against the canvas a couple times to make sure I was out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what, you guys are like animals in there because I assume this is how you're taught, like until the ref calls you off or whatever. But somebody will be visually dead, okay? Optically dead. Punched in the mouth, whole body locks up. Everybody watching at home goes, Oh, that motherfucker's dead. And then they fall. And then you guys, while they're falling, you're trying to get in like oh, yeah. three, four more while they're going down. Why is it? Is that because you want to make sure it's a certainty? Or is it because there's like a switch that is kind of flipped in there? They'll do both. You know, you want to make sure it's over because you work so hard. You want to make sure the guy doesn't get back up. You're like, how the hell do these guys just get back up? And also, it, it, it thinks, well, I think I think it's just a habit. I think it's just you, you're, you've trained to like finish a guy. If you can get the finish, get the finish. So, and there's a ref there to protect them, so it's not your fault. I'm going to let you know, my Oculus boxing, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm 13 bodies, by the way. Oh. Painting canvases. Painting <laughs> canvases in the Oculus boxing. There's a couple times where I've been so tired, and I look up at the clock, and there's like two minutes left. I'm like, well, I'm going to try to finish this guy, or I'm going to get knocked out right now, and I, fin- I feel so good about it. Is there ever those moments in your real, like, actual things where your body is so tired, you're like, fuck it, I'm going to go for this right now? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think every fight. <laughs> like, uh, I think it just. I think a lot of guys, like I explain, I just I think mentality wise, you know, you just kind of got push through it and you figure a way. And uh, you know, sometimes you don't get the finish. You just got, you just got to keep grinding, man. It's just, it's all about the grind and just make sure you get the win no matter what. But I, I don't like to stop. I like to keep going. I try to throw as many punches as I can. I'm trying to move and try, you know, like through heavyweight. I think I move more than most heavyweights, and you know, I throw a lot more punches than a lot of those heavyweights, and I think that what puts me apart. Stipe, your nickname is the Silencer. Uh, now that it's established as uh, you're the greatest, has there been any, any thought to change it to Stipe, the greatest Miocic? <laughs> Not a bad idea. Uh, I tried that in my household. My wife told me to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but outside the house, outside the house. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, no, I just, you know, I, listen, my name's hard enough to say anyway, so I'm just keep it steep in <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was Miocic before this morning. It's Miocic. Uh, listen, I, get, I can't call it worse, so don't even worry about it. What is the origin of uh, Miocic? Croatian. Croatia. Yeah, I'm Croatian, yeah. yeah. You ever been there? Croatia. Oh, yeah, a couple times. Love it. Beautiful. Unfortunately, I had an earthquake here well, about a week and a half ago, uh, right before uh, the New Year, but, I mean, they're doing better now. Where is it? That's over there in... Uh... My bad, Italy, right across the Adriatic Sea. Yeah, it's right on the coast. You're near Italy, Donner? Yeah. Hey, those, yeah, those yeah, Italians are always cooking shit up yeah, over there. You know what I mean? So creations, dude. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Stipe, we appreciate you so much, man. Good luck in your fight in April against... Oh, I don't know. Is it April? Yeah, you told us earlier. <laughs> I said March, April, June, July. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like, uh, like a slow and then sell. I'm a pretty good card player. <laughs> I, I can't fight, but I... I can't, <laughs> Who are you fighting? Yeah, I'm terrible. Uh, I'm terrible at that stuff. All right. Well, good luck in your fight in April. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate it if I'm fighting in April. But if you are, you know, I'm going to start playing cards with you then. No, no. So it's July, maybe June. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. When is it, <laughs> Steve? Are you in fight camp yet, or are you always ready? I, listen, I'm always ready, man. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, UFC heavyweight champion Steve, the silencer, me. Oh, yeah. Thank you, sir. He's awesome. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're so cool because they know they can beat the shit out of everybody. Mm-hmm. There's really nothing anybody can do to them that, you know, they, they relax, dude. That, that's literally his reaction, I assume, to any situation that's potentially about to pop off. 
relaxed it. Which is wild, too, because he said he's, like, so non-confrontational that, you know, you'd think some of those guys would be, like, at any moment's notice if someone's, like, giving him a reason kind of. It's like, all right, well, I could just make an example of this guy real quick. Well, and I think... I don't know. That's why Connor fighting that old dude was such a weird thing because all those fighters, I feel yeah. like they are very much so like... Uh, I'll kill this guy. Yeah, yeah, and also I get paid to do this. I'm not <laughs> going to just knock out some drunk bum here. Like That's not going to happen. Somebody needs to inform this. Somebody needs to show this person a video on YouTube of what I've done to people and then have him walk the other <laughs> way. Like that, I feel like that's probably the thought of it. But anytime you get drunk, I assume there's a chance that something could pop off. Mm -hmm. Brown's got to call him and put him at DN this weekend. Fucking put him out there. Coach, call play. Come on. Come on. Let's steep it. He says it's a puzzle putting yeah. that thing together. Put him in. It's football, dude. Just fucking run, throw. What did Stefanski said? Stefanski said, all I do is look down at a card, point, and read. Alex Van Pelt can do that better than me. Correct. <laughs> Stefanski undersold why he's getting paid any money, but we appreciate him for being humble as hell. That Brown situation, no more positive, so the game seems to be on as planned. Sunday night football, yeah. Steelers, Browns in an AFC wildcard matchup during Super Wild Card Weekend. Yes. <laughs> I mean, so sorry to interrupt, dude. Like, so, so sorry. Apologies. The conversation was going there. It really was. You know? Mm -hmm. And here we go, interrupting it like this. Gotta pay the bills. What we're interrupting it with is something that matters, though. Oh, yeah. Are you the best version of you that you could possibly be, you think? Definitely not. Does your skin, hair... Anything else really that revolves around men's health? Is it at its highest that it could possibly be? I mean, it could probably be better. And that's the thing about it is there's a company out there that's a men's health brand mm -hmm. that is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Okay, they are unbelievable. And that is Roman. Roman is a men's health brand that makes you and wants you to be the best version of you possible. Your hair fuller, your skin brighter, anything else you have going on, they want to take care of you. And they want to do it in a fashion that is most affordable. But it's not just skin, it's not just hair, it's not just everything like that. It's also whenever you go in and you go to do the lovemaking. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The men's health brand wants to be your tag team partner and being the best you in all facets of your life. And did you know that if you are somebody who uh, doesn't have sex for as long as you would like, and we're not saying you go quick, hey, hey, maybe you just don't go as long as you want to go. Yeah. Maybe your sex life, you want it to go long, long, long time. Mm -hmm. You want to put on a show in there. Hey, Thanksgiving's coming up. You know what you're thankful for? Maybe the incredibly long sex that you're having. Hey, Maybe. how about the holiday season? No better time to celebrate 2021, by the way, is a beautiful love-making session. Mm -hmm. It is cuffing season. It is cuffing season. If you want to put on a show in the bedroom, you need to tag team partner with our friends at Roman with the Roman Swipes. I love Roman swipes. These things show up at your door in discreet packaging. Nobody knows that you have a tag team partner that's small enough to fit in your back pocket, small enough to fit in your wallet. Nobody will even know that you have it. Then whenever it's time to, you know, do the deed. Mm -hmm. When it's time to. Sling some salami. That's right. <laughs> that's right. You know. Whenever you're out there with your bologna about to really make a sandwich mm -hmm. and it's time to go. Why don't you do it for a long, long time, Ty? You pull out the Roman swipe, okay? You rub it on your tool, mm -hmm. your baby maker, yep. your magic stick, yes. your dipstick, mm -hmm. your how's it going, how you doing, keep it moving, pleasure town, here we come stick, mm -hmm. okay? You rub it on there, it'll dry quickly. It'll not transfer to your partner, and it is scientifically proven to make you last longer in bed. Bologna sandwich, extra mayo. 
long time making it. We can't thank Roman enough. And right now you can get free two-day shipping on your Roman swipes. Get them in time for Thanksgiving next weekend. Get them in time for the holiday season. Stock up on these things for the winter because I do believe we're getting locked back down. Looks like it. In a lot of places. Mm-hmm. So you know what time it is? Why not just have a little bit of a sex fest? Might as well. <laughs> Go to GetRoman.com forward slash Pat. Free two-day shipping on these Roman swipes. You will love them, and so will she or he. Have a time of your life behind the closed doors with our friends at Roman, Roman Swipes, and also make yourself the best you possible uh, with everything else that the men's health brand has for you. GetRoman.com forward slash Pat. Back to the show. Uh, but a man that's going to be joining us very soon from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, is one of the most electric humans of all time. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you can hear him every day on WXDX 105.9 in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Former WCW commentator and knower of all things, ladies and gentlemen, Mark Madden. Yeah! What's going on, man? Pat, I bet Ben feels like Blutarski in Animal House. He's ranked <laughs> zero point zero. I, I saw those rankings. I, I never heard of the guy who did them, which is the case with a lot of rankings we see in sports. But he was ranked, what, 12th out of 14. Baker Mayfield's ranked ninth. I give Baker Mayfield some credit. He's a complimentary quarterback. Their running game is the main part of the offense. But I would have to give the Steelers a clear-cut edge Sunday night at the quarterback position as, as reluctant as this rube who did this list appeared to be to do so. <laughs> also, they got Goff above him. Goff doesn't even have a thumb. He's a nine-fingered man right now. Uh, they got him above Ben Roethlisberger. Let's talk about the game this weekend. They were talking about potentially if the Cleveland Browns couldn't stop the outbreak, which they did, maybe the game having to be moved because it was such a game of importance and everything like that. Uh, the Browns will be without their head coach, their play caller, uh, pro bowler offensive lineman, I believe a wide receiver, some other coaches and everything like that. How do you think this game will fare? And do you think the Cleveland Browns maybe deserve a day or two to get their entire roster back and all yeah. their coaches back. Is that not something that they've earned after 18 years of failure? They finally make the playoffs, and then now they're losing it. Don't you think they deserve to have a compliment, a full roster to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs, Mark? Well, Pat, first off, I really appreciate that elaborate setup to get me to go off. <laughs> <laughs> all the Browns deserve is one and done. That's one Done. Yeah. <laughs> That's all they deserve. They're lucky to be in the league. They weren't even man enough in Cleveland to hold on to their original franchise. Jeez. And when it ran off to Baltimore, it started winning Super Bowls. And had that team, the Ravens, with those great players, Ray Lewis, had they stayed in Cleveland, you know how many Super Bowls they would have won there? Zero point <laughs> zero. So the Cleveland Browns deserve nothing except, uh, like I said, one and done. A second straight playoff exit at the hands of the Steelers, dating back to 2003. And it, it seriously, it's a shame that COVID struck, but it's you know a global pandemic. It can't be controlled. There are no deals to be made with it. So whatever happens, happens, and you play with what you got. And whoever coaches, coaches. Now uh, they have a hardcore homophobe as their acting head coach. This 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 Pfeiffer guy, whatever his name is. Remember his quote when, when Clue retired, the punter? No. You don't remember that? Oh, my God. He was with the Vikings. This is That is. Yeah, he said that he wanted all the gays on an island then nuke it till it glows. 
Now, in cancel culture, how the frig is that guy not canceled? How is he head coach <laughs> on an NFL sideline what? on national network? Is TV that what was said? Hold on, what I do you put on? What do you put as the graphic when you put him on camera? Once all the gays dead, that happened. Yes, absolutely. He I, apologized for it. He acknowledged it. Well, then I don't know how that is currently happening. Jeez. And that is a little piece of information I think that people probably forgot about. And I don't remember that happening, which is wild because it was in the special teams world. Oh, but... Pat, I source everything. You know that. Yeah, you are. You have a tested IQ of 160. Well, yeah, but that Six. I have people do for me. Oh, that's smart. <laughs> how do you think so this... do you. Look at your minions there. I mean, they're great guys, but they're minions. <laughs> Not all of them. Right? There's yeah. definitely a couple minions in here. For sure. <laughs> Not all of them. Hey, we got a minion in the back, Mitt. Yeah. Crush. Dude's becoming an editor extraordinaire, by the way. Thanks yeah. for the setup to shout out Mitt. Yeah. Mitt's yeah. Becoming... Hey, baby, Mitt. Hey, boy, oh, Mitt. Hopefully Peyton's place oh, doesn't let's steal. Let's not take the focus away from me. My time is valuable. <laughs> but you, and, you, you uh, tried to. You tried to, right there. Yeah. I mean, that was the what Steelers you... are going to win. I mean, Pat, you got to pick the Steelers, right? Yeah. Especially think... with Batonio out, with Olivier Vernon out, with the head coach not there. I mean, everything points at the Steelers to win this game, which is – Usually when things don't go well for Pittsburgh, quite honestly, and it's not too early to consider the fallout if the Steelers would win, uh, excuse me, if they lose. If they lose five of their last six and are one and done in the playoffs, it would be time for major change here in Pittsburgh, but there won't be major change here in Pittsburgh. It, it is such a catch-22. I've always said, and Pat, you, you've listened to my show for years, whenever you talk about the Steelers, you don't talk about what they should do. You talk about what they will do because those are often two very different things. Case in point, they used that Dobbs package against the Browns this past Sunday on short yardage. Josh Dobbs comes in. It worked very well. And now you're playing the same team. You've been terrible at short yardage all year. They should dress Josh Dobbs, have three quarterbacks active, scratch a special teamer, and use that package. They won't. They're just not going to because – King Benny won't want to do it, and it's just not like them <laughs> have to you... do something like that in a situation like this. And I'm not saying Ben shouldn't have that decision-making power, but I know that's decision that's going to be made. Mark, do you not think, though, a couple of things, that um, in Pittsburgh you, you, you kind of spoiled with how good the teams have been? Because you just said what they should do and what they will do, two often very different things. Oh, no, no, no. No, that's not even a a – an insult necessarily you just have to know how to read the room with the pittsburgh steelers more often than not i mean much more often than not they make the right decision but they should use the dobbs short yardage package another case in point kevin dotson the rookie out of louisiana the guard he's been their best offensive lineman this year which is like being the smartest guy in prison because that line stinks if matt filer comes off ir i bet he starts at left guard even though Dotson's been their best performer, especially recently, because that's just how the Steelers do things. Veteran respect. All right, so you think the Steelers are going to win, but if not, your show on Monday is going to be must-listen, you're thinking? Oh, it's always must-listen. Who are we kidding? <laughs> True. I can't Who do you think is going to win, Pat? By the what way, your stooges and sellouts there think they're going to win? <laughs> now, here's Tone Diggs, diehard Steelers fan. Mark. You don't have to dress three quarterbacks. Just sit Mason and dress Dobbs. It doesn't make a difference. Dobbs is just as good as Mason if you're going to have the package in there. Don't uh, waste Dobbs it. isn't as good as Mason. Mason just for that stinks, package he is. I thought Mason played a pretty good game oh, yeah. uh, against Cleveland this past Sunday. 
And again, mystifying, Mason threw the ball down the field, and I sit here wondering if Ben is going to. Dropping I think it the Steelers' bucket, offense Mark. might retreat to the security blanket of that dink, 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 and just throw two yards at a time. But I hope Ben throws it downfield because against Indy, he proved he still can. Yeah, he had two great balls there, Deontay, and then off Juju down the middle there, the whole thing. And that's why. And a bunch of PIs, too. Yeah, Chase Claypool has been racking those up this year, by the way. But the thing for me is, I wouldn't have rested them immediately. I would have had them start, have a couple of possessions, and then pulled them out of the game, maybe. I don't know. I mean, we'll see if it works out. Nobody will judge yeah, anyway. I see your point. Because it would have been good to carry forward some momentum from that indie game because they hadn't played well in over a month until that second half. Bingo. But if a guy gets hurt, yeah, you're right. If a starter gets hurt, then there's really hell to pay, and it could happen. Yeah, I think so too. In uh, uh, the boys, they wanted to know, Mark, um, favorite person you ever interviewed in your entire, you, of course, you. No, no, no. Aside from me, but in your illustrious career, what is your favorite show you've ever had then? My best interview ever, he came into studio because his band was appearing in town, was, believe it or not, John Lydon, a.k.a. Johnny Rotten, the singer from the Sex Pistols. Oh, nice. His, his, his band since then has been Public Image Limited. They're active on and off, more than not. And he was in town. He came to the studio. He was supposed to stay for five minutes. He stayed for 40. Nice. We talking about English soccer, talking about all these old stories, because I'm a big fan and I had read both his books. It was just marvelous. It, uh, there has never been better radio done by me. Now, on a consistent <laughs> level, uh, Jack Ham and I used to do a weekly show uh, back at my old station, 1250. You know, the one that fired me that went out of business less than a year later. Woo! Uh, and, and that was the best football talk I've ever done. I do great stuff with Craig Wolfley now. But the stuff with Jack Ham back then was incomparable. Hey, you're a big hockey guy. Obviously, Pittsburgh, big hockey town. You cover the Penguins. You always have. I think you are the authority on the Penguins in Pittsburgh, actually. I think a lot of people yes. would agree with that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I agreed. Uh, love hockey. Um, the United States junior team won the gold yeah. over Canada yeah. last yeah. night. Yeah. Then they rolled a barrel out there with the Canada flag on it and posted for a picture. And awesome. A lot of hockey purists are not happy with the way they disrespected the founders of the game. Yeah, well, the founders of the game didn't score a friggin' goal in 60 minutes in a gold medal game. Okay? That barrel was as empty as the net behind the United States goal. That was a, a thing the U.S. team did. They, they likened it to a guy in the Sahara Desert who couldn't see the end, but he could see one barrel off in the distance, and they just took it a barrel at a time. Oh. And that's not disrespectful at all. That's just paying tribute to the process mm -hmm. that the coach implemented. So if Canada doesn't like that, score a goal. Win. That's the thing about Canada. Canada can never just lose. There's always an excuse or they were wronged in some way. Pat, do I have time to talk about one of the biggest lies in sports history? You got nothing but time, pal. Now, we have a lot of Canadian listeners, though. Know that I know, and I want them to listen up really close. <laughs> in, in, in 1972, the first time the, the Soviets in the NHL guys played, Canada versus the Soviet Union. Canada was supposed to win every game. They were predicted to win eight straight by everybody. But they won four wins, three losses, one draw. And they rallied, and they had to win their last three on Moscow, which is a tremendous achievement. Paul Henderson scored with under a minute left to win the eighth game and win the series for Canada. But in game seven, or maybe it was game six, I forget which, Bobby Clark, by his own admission, intentionally broke the ankle of the Soviets' best player, because he was killing him, Valery Karlamov. 
broke his ankle intentionally. So that win was fruit from a poison tree, and yet they celebrate it like it's VJ Day, you know, nonstop since 1972. They Tanya Harding? They broke a guy's ankle to win. When they were going off the ice after they won, the coaches and trainer flipped the crowd off in Moscow, but this is something they're proud of, okay? They should be proud that they rallied to win the series, but they should also put it in the context of what was supposed to happen and what they had to do to win it. How you? This one has made you really pissed for a long time, huh? Well, no. You know what it started to piss me off? When people would compare 1980, what the U.S. team did in Lake Placid, to 1972, because there's no comparison. 1980, Herb Brooks, college kids, Soviet pros, by far, by far and away the bigger accomplishment. Amen, ladies Hell and gentlemen. Yeah. Mark Madden. But, but yeah. when, you base your, when you base your whole self-esteem on hockey – Stuff like last night really does sting. I understand that. And Pat, can I ask a favor before I go? <laughs> One last burial of Canada? Yeah, for no, sure. No, 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 just a favor from you. You have obviously usurped my career in radio. You've gone further. You've usurped my career in wrestling. You've gone further. You've taken everything I have. Everybody knows that. No. I would rather you do it, though, than some other schmuck, so more power to you. But the way you can pay me back to some small degree I want all your Twitter followers to follow me. Okay. <laughs> At Mark Madden X. So not that I think Twitter matters, but Pat, I'm coming into contract negotiations. My contract's up here in August. And what if they say to me, well, you know, this McAfee kid, I mean, maybe we could simulcast his show here. Maybe we need to pay you a lot less. So I need the Twitter followers to boost my negotiation skills back up. At Mark Madden X. That's that's not too much to ask, is it? No, not too much to ask. And don't you worry about that particular station air in our fucking show because that is never going to stop. So your channel won't be able to do it. You are the king of FCC radio. I don't think anybody would ever doubt that ever. No. There's no your station knows yeah, that, but, Mark. But Pat, I have an agent, and what if he turns out to be a stooge and a sellout? <laughs> <laughs> True. We need to get you all those followers because that is directly how you leverage contract negotiations is strictly off the number that's next to your followers thing on Twitter. For sure. That'll work. Well, at Mark Mad Next, let me just wrap up by saying Henderson has scored for Canada. <laughs> Mark Mad. <laughs> I mean, what a buzzsaw, dude. Oh. Nuclear weapon. <laughs> I should not have done the activities I did moments before him coming on there. <laughs> you know what I mean? I knew better. Mm -hmm. I knew better. <laughs> Why did I do that out there? Yeah, you saw me doing it I out tie. there. I did. I did. And Ty did as well, by the way. <laughs> Ty was awfully oh, quiet during that conversation. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Jeez wheeze, dude. Good Lord. I think the Browns deserve a little bit, man. I'm going to let you know that. Push I think the game back two days. Huh? Push the game back two, three days. Yeah, maybe four days. You're going to yeah. push the weekend after back, too? Yeah, yeah, just. We yeah, have to. We have to. They're missing one player. So are the Steelers. Hey, coach. Dude, I was. Whenever I was running on that thing to build it up there, that how the Browns deserve better, I was so excited just to listen to him go. I I thought he was going to bury me a little bit harder, you know what I mean, instead mm -hmm. of the you, big setup there for me to overreact or whatever. But I thought he was going to bring the hammer down on me. I was pumped for it. He's. He's out of control in there. Yeah, he did bring the hammer down, but not on you. Oh, fucking hell. Scumbag coach for the Browns. Good Lord. Bro, I yeah. completely forgot that happened. I, I remember, because obviously I followed Cluey's career, because he had a lot of Twitter followers. So I was like, oh, I, I, he and I, very different individuals. We go about things different. But I enjoyed the fact that another punter was doing things. I remember that there was 
I think I was either on vacation. I was out. I, was, I, I don't know. Maybe it was, was it middle of the season? I forget how. I didn't get caught up in it all until afterwards, whenever I heard that there was a beef and drama. I didn't know exactly what led to it. I did not know what he said. Yeah. I, that is, can't happen. Can't have it, obviously. But man, that was, yeah. He And then Canada got it. <laughs> and then, <Yeah>. Of course. <laughs> and then Canada, Rightfully so. And then, well, I mean, I guess so. Yeah, put the puck in the net if you, want, if you don't want to be mad. Well, how about the Tanya Harding story that never gets... True. I that, didn't know that happened. I mean, that's wild. Gumpy, what's going on? Gumpy, that, that's that Canada? Was, that was supposed to be the greatest Canada juniors team of all time last night. Oh, oh yeah, that means oh. that means we got gold medals coming every four years. <laughs> time Woo! turning. Hell oh, yeah. They say that every year about Canada. The other thing to know about Bobby Clark, noted Philadelphia Flyers captain and scumbag. All right. Bob Clark. That was the guy that broke the ankle? Yeah. Was he a part of the, uh, the uh, where was the name of the Flyers back in the day? They had like a uh, Broad Street Bully. He was a Broad Street Bully. But he yeah, was, he broke an ankle. He was the embodiment of it. Yeah. He was the reason they won the cup. So he's probably loved in Philly then. What a crook. When was the last time Philadelphia won the Stanley Cup? Uh, 1975-76, I believe. <laughs> oh, that's tough. What losers? That's tough, Philly. It is Wednesday, January 6th. 2021 mm. and today's a special day isn't it it is uh-huh. you know 37 years ago on this particular day somewhere in ohio okay a little baby human that had a penis entered this world <laughs> mm. and when it came into this world its jawline was already defined. Yep. It hopped out of the doctor's hands and cobra struck the doctor right in his eyeballs, breaking his glasses and the mask that he had on his face. That baby would go on to become a college football national champion, Ooh. a Super Bowl champion, the man who ended Kirk Herbstreet's career, mm-hmm. and co-host of this show on the third hour of most days. Ladies and gentlemen, happy birthday, A.J. Hawk. Yay! A.J. Hawk! A.J. Hawk! Happy birthday, A.J. Thank you. That was uh, one of the best introductions I have ever had. Yeah, I was definitely like when you said little baby was born with a penis <laughs> to, to make That's sure right. you got that out there. It was like, a male yeah, baby. It was a male baby. I, I just, <laughs> yeah. I didn't, people didn't know where I was headed. I just wanted them to know that it was a male yeah. that happened. And, and I, I forgot to say that before the human. So I had to figure out how I could tack it on at the end. Uh, thanks for working on your birthday. I believe if any of us knew it was your birthday, I don't know, yesterday, probably would have told you like, hey. Go ahead and have a have an entire afternoon with the family. Enjoy their birthday. Yeah. We appreciate yeah. you doing this, man. It's good. I'm, I'm 37. I'm not 10, so I don't need to have the whole day <laughs> squared off for me. All right. So right now, you have finished 37 years of life. You're going into your 38th trip around the sun. Yeah. In your first 37 years, AJ, please share with all of us what you think is the most vital piece of information you've ever learned. Hmm. It's a fun, it's a fun like, activity. I'm yeah. interested to hear the This answer. is a fun birthday activity, yeah. by the way, because yeah. you're not 10 anymore, so you don't know shit then. No. You are 37, so 37 trips around the sun, I feel like you'll pick up something. Yeah, Learn a for few sure. things. So, AJ, the good birthday activity, what is a piece of information you've learned in your 30 trip, or 37 trips around the sun that is vital, I think, for the rest of the world to know? Well, I mean, I have a question. Like, I have a question for Connor. You're, you've 
You mentioned 37 trips around the sun. Is that what is truly happening, Connor? Is that is the solar system as we think it is? AJ, you know, look, we can't get into these things, especially on a day like today where things are happening in other places of the world. So can you just answer the question, please? Yeah, they're storming capital, I think, yeah. right now, by the way. Just stay really? calm. Throwing up cross. Oh, yeah. hey, it's your fucking birthday. All right, let's get back to your birthday. Let's stay calm. Yeah. Please. Land siege to it. I though. believe there's some real <laughs> shit popping off in the real world that has yeah. shown up in my Maybe. Twitter timeline, by the way. And if it makes it into my timeline, it has had to gone through numerous different Twitters to get to my particular exactly. timeline. But anyways, uh, AJ, one piece of information, last 37 trips around the sun that you think everybody should, you know, have and carry on with them forever. A, a moment with AJ Hawk here, if you will. Yeah. I mean, this is ridiculous, like what you're trying to do. I don't have any advice for anybody other than the people that are upset when people say their age, like, oh, man, I'm really getting old. Cool, man. What is it? This or dead? So I'm okay. I, I feel fine. I feel great. I love being like it's all. Everything is relative. I tell you that all the time. Like it's all relative. If you think you have money, guess what? There's people that can piss on your money. Like if you think you're old, well, there's a lot of older people that think I'm young, and there's a lot of young kids that think I'm old. So who cares? Like just just enjoy it. There it is. Put it on a T-shirt. Thirty-seven years. Who cares? Put it up. Put a quote right here. Yeah. Just do the whole quote, and then right here, go. A, J. Hawk oh, on his birthday. You know what I mean? AJ, uh, uh, Devontae Smith won the Heisman last night. Uh, Trevor Lawrence declares for the NFL. How are your thoughts on college football? Apparently, Ohio State, a uh, place that you are near and dear, and it still says on your license plate that you are a legend of. Yep. The Ohio State Buckeyes potentially going through a little bit of a COVID situation. Yeah. Are they going to have to delay the game? Are the boys not going to be able to play against Alabama? Or are they trying to get out of this goddamn game, AJ? T's and P's, everybody. We hope everybody survives, but we hope it's not the latter there. Well, I, yesterday after our show, I jumped on. I was four to six on the Big Ten channel. I was awaiting all of your calls. They, they must not have come through. No, you didn't give us the number. Yeah, the number. Dude. Yeah. Pretty I tough to find. But answer. no, we talked it about it. It was? Yeah, impossible. I was, I was trying all afternoon, and I couldn't get through. Oh, so Gumpy did know the yeah, number. He kind of just ruined everything we were well, saying. I didn't want to waste your guys' time as well as mine. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you, Gumpy. Appreciate that. That's Appreciate Canadian Gumpy. nice. Anyways, you guys were too busy. We couldn't get our phone calls through. But anyways, big news yesterday. I, I mean, Saban's daughter got involved with it. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a big deal right now. If you're not confident to play, then say it, AJ. I'll, I call BS on the COVID cases. They're just worried about their QB and want him to have more time to heal. If he's hurt, put in your backup. You didn't see us postpone the rest of the season away for Waddle. Bye. <laughs> Okay, she obviously deleted that. I would assume more information kind of uh, came out about, you know, maybe no delay of game will happen, but they are con uh, uh, having an outbreak, I guess, of COVID. What's going on in Ohio? I didn't even know this was happening until I saw her tweet. And then once I saw her tweet, I kind of read it and everything else. And then the information kind of got mixed. I don't know. What is going on? The game's going to be good. You guys are going to play. Is Ohio State going to win? What's, what's going on? Well, I think as of right now, 208 on Wednesday, the game is scheduled to still happen. Like, Ohio State is okay. still moving forward. All right. But All right. Nobody who knows? Every day, though, it can change. You know that. Like, whenever the next round of testing comes back, I have no idea what it's like, like how many people are out. They were saying if a whole position group is kind of taken out, should they postpone the game, I guess, is the question. What do you think? I don't know. Like, I guess if you're – let's say you have 10 D linemen and six of them are out. Like, what do you do? Yeah, you're in trouble. But most college teams have more than 10 D linemen, right? That, uh, that... Yeah, but like, okay, there's, I know there's all these protocols and you got to have a certain amount of, like, scholarship linemen. Like, all the conferences have these weird protocols if, like, there's to meet, like, your max of when you, you're not going to play a game, I guess. 
So I, I don't know. No, I mean, I don't think the game's getting postponed. I think just go ahead, play at the 11th. Hopefully Justin Fields is all right. I don't care enough about either team or either side to have like a genuine emotional opinion about whether or not the game gets delayed. I can see both sides of this, though, very much so. If you're Ohio State, it's like, hey, national championship, we should have our best team. You don't get this opportunity a lot. Like, even if you're a great team, you don't get a chance to get to the national championship. But if you're Alabama, it's like, hey, we've had to deal with the same motherfucking thing you have. Yep. We've handled it better. That That it should be a competitive advantage if you're Alabama. We've been able to handle COVID better than you guys have been able to. We have all our players ready to play. You don't. This is a you problem, not an our problem, because we both both have to handle this but on Ohio, Ohio State side it's like should we not put on our, our team though if we don't have a that's a that is a very interesting thing especially when you're talking about national championship because then you got to go back to some teams who potentially didn't make it into the playoff because they had a COVID issue and they're like well if we would have delayed this wouldn't even be a conversation because we would it's just a why it's a quite a I'm happy it's not a team that I care about happening is yeah. what I'm saying. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm happy I don't have to actually be invested in that because you can clearly see how the other side that's a very logical excuse for the other side as well. Yeah, for sure. I think as just like a casual fan, though, if it just means pushing it back a couple days and we get a better game shit, we don't do get football every day of the week. Any, any, yeah. any, I mean, so it's like, hey, if we got to look forward to this on Thursday instead of Monday, it's not going against an NFL game and fuck it, push it back. And there's no games coming after that, so go ahead and right. do it. But then you have to think about every other game that potentially happened with a COVID problem throughout the season. Would you be pissing on the graves of those games? You know what I mean? It's well, a- Wisconsin would not be happy. We, we know that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is – A.J., you, you obviously would like to see the best Ohio State squad. I would assume that is the narrative being said out of the Ohio State fans, which, by the way, is completely accurate. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad one. Wouldn't you assume even, like, Alabama fans like, or, I guess, true, like, diehard college football fans that care about all the history and tradition, like, they want to see an equal matchup, too. Like, they don't want to see some weird game where one team has nine starters down or something. I, I would assume that's the case. But fans of Alabama – uh, do not care. They, it, yeah. If we got to play, should, if we shouldn't, even if you could say, "Oh, put an asterisk by it." Who cares? Like no one's going to remember three years from now. Yeah, this ring's still going to shine. <laughs> this ring's still going to shine. Um, but don't they probably think they're going to beat Ohio State regardless? Their fans do, yeah. So I think they're probably thinking, it doesn't matter if your people are healthy or not, we're going to beat the shit out of you. Or they're thinking, this is not our fault that you guys couldn't handle it, much like the Steelers thought about it with the Titans and everything else. <laughs> you know, that, that seems to be a little bit of an interesting thing. Trevor Lawrence is going to the NFL. How do you feel about it? You think he's going to be good in the league? I, I, so... Yeah, I mean, I think so. You never know. Like, how do you – he if if you look at everything he's done, like every, everything about him, he says all the right things, does all the right things, seems to be like this guy that has is so squared away and he has the physical tools of anyone coming out, you would think, yeah, if there's a sure bet, like a surefire guy, this would be him. And I think he's handled every situation rather well, right? Uh, didn't have the best game against Ohio State. I think a lot of people would say that. Uh, but he handled losing to Heisman last night in a proper fashion. Oh, yeah. You know, he handled it, you know, like a mature individual. And why 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 does that even get judged? What if he what if he actually got mad last night when he lost? I would have loved it. I would have absolutely loved it. He goes, Oh fuck you. Like, like, <laughs> you know, like what if he would have said I would have absolutely loved it? Now everybody would have went after him. Does he have uh, a character flaw because he did that? It's like I feel like a lot of the shit gets judged uh when we don't know anything at all like we have no idea what trevor's going to be like in the nfl in a completely different locker room completely we, we assume that everything's going to work but we have no idea just like whenever you talk about other players and you, you question things out there it's like you have no idea what if they get to the nfl and let's say they are 
a complete turd in in college, like any position. What if they are just a complete turd, which is a term in football used as a human that just can't get right, okay? Just this person can't get right. What if they have a, a mushrooms moment in the NFL and they completely flip the script whenever they get their first paycheck and they become, you have no idea if that could happen or the complete opposite. What if somebody's a dude and all of a sudden they get a little bit of money, they get comfortable. Like, that's why I think it's so hard. I think that whole draft process and predicting who's going to be good or, or not is such a difficult one. I don't know how the hell they figure it out. I mean, they're they're basically yeah they're they're making guesses on all of like backed up by the information that they have, but it's how they view the information too. Like each scouting department, they all they write up reports on every single guy that's coming out for the draft, and every single scout has different things to say. It probably has different weaknesses and strengths that they give each guy. So it's a guessing game, man. And then once they're there, though, once a guy like Trevor Lawrence is in the league, he also kind of needs the right pieces around him too. Oh, yeah. like if you have an awful play caller and a terrible team, like good luck. It's going to be tough. It's like Chris Ballard of the Colts. I think he has like a Navy SEAL interrogator that does interviews. That's awesome. Yeah, because I think they're starting to realize that, okay, the physical talent a lot of people have. Everything is how can we figure out in their brain if there's somebody we want to bring in and think that they're going to buy into what we got going on. And that's a big deal. Yeah, I think it's like a Navy SEAL either a psychiatrist or, or interrogator yes. or something like that. Like I was like, good idea. Chris was like, yeah. I don't even really talk to the guys much whenever we have our time when we just kind of let him just do his thing. Just Chris Ballard's well. <laughs> oh, that's an interesting answer. Was mirror uh, the, the interrogation glass. Yeah, 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 on the other side. Yeah. Because, AJ, whenever you went to the combine, you know, you're number five overall pick. Congratulations. Whoa! In those 37 years of life, that is also one of those monumental days Holy where shit. you didn't go to the draft. Did he go to the draft? No, you didn't no, go to the draft. No, but you had that awesome good. suit when he went to Green Bay. Mm-hmm. He took some pictures. Class. Whatever, right? Was that that day? Yeah, I went to Green Bay that night of the draft, yeah. In a yeah. suit, right? Boxy suit, yeah, it was great. You looked awesome, by the way. We, you were a hero for all of us that day. But whenever you were going through the entire combine process, did they just teach you the answers to give to people? Because they say that the prep for those interviews is almost as important as all the other shit, like the 40s and everything like that. Yeah, it is if you're dumb. If you don't know how to speak, <laughs> if you I understand. I understand getting coached up like on whiteboard stuff, like because they they bring you in. Nick Saban was the coach of the Dolphins. He, he I'm in, sitting in a room with them. He's like, hey, draw up like your three favorite blitzes, and you, so you have to be able to draw up and like you know they can understand real quickly if you know if you know what you're talking about when you're trying to put it on the board. But when they try to coach you up on how to answer like basic questions, like hey, like hey, you know you've had a troubled a little bit of a troubled past. You're gonna need to know how to answer these, like. They want to know you. They want to know to get to know the person they're talking to. They don't want to know like this coached up version and they can see right through it. So I feel like if you're authentic, just yeah, just be honest, man. That's all it takes. I was down at the senior bowl. I didn't get a chance to go to the combine and I had a uh, underage in uh, possession in college. Ooh. Believe it or not, you know what I mean? It wasn't it wasn't an underage, it was a minor in possession or something. I forget what it is, something like that, where they can just take money from you. Okay, you fucked up, we're gonna get money from you. But it's not as serious as anything else because we don't have the time to deal with you. So it's like, it's, that's kind of how the situation was, you know? And uh, I think it was the Dolphins as well. They had like a security guy, almost like a, a former, some, they pulled me aside at the senior bowl in like the lobby. When you're walking through the lobby, you like get pulled and like to go talk to people or whatever. And the guy goes, uh, do you have any run-ins in Morgantown with anybody or anything? And I was like, oh, here we go. Here's the moment. There's no way he knows about that, does he? Ah, was it Tuesday night? <laughs> uh, it was long. 
Yeah, I had a, uh, a minor in uh, possession or whatever one night. We were celebrating. You know, it was somebody's birthday. We were having a good time. But other than that, no, I had a pretty good time. I mean, I guess there was, you know, some some cops that were potentially showed up at a couple parties I had. But it was always good time. It was nothing negative or whatever. And he was like, okay, thanks. And then uh, the next team asked me a question that was similar. And I had known the guy that was asking me the question or whatever. I forget how I know. I knew him through a friend or something. And he said, by the way, we all know that you have it, by the way. So we all know exactly what happened to you. And I was like, whew, thank God. Because the guy <laughs> asked me before this, I, I had to make the decision on whether or not to lie to him. And I told him the truth. And he was like, well, that's a very good idea. Because I would assume as soon as you lie to them, you're just immediately off. Now, the Dolphins never looked at me again. So maybe my answer wasn't Maybe it was true, and he knew it, but it he just wanted to hear from my mouth, you know, tell him a little bit of story. So those whole situations are interesting. I mean, like, will Trevor throw if they have to throw? Will he do his pro day? Will he run? Will he do interview? Like, what all will Trevor do now? Now, if I'm Trevor, I'm looking at what Andrew Luck did, and I'm doing exactly what Andrew Luck did, whatever it is. Did he run? Maybe. Did he throw? Maybe. Did he work at his pro day? Whatever he did, let's do that. Because that decision-making process goes into the whole thing as well. Well, especially Trevor, like the big-time quarterbacks where it looks like Trevor's going to be the number one pick, he doesn't need to throw at the combine. He probably won't. Like, why would you go throw to random guys you don't know when you can have, like, this choreographed pro day, which is what they all do? Jordan Palmer, friend of the show, he comes on. Like, he choreographs those pro days for these players. He goes through the whole process with us. So don't you think a quarterback, yeah, you could say, oh, hey, I'm a competitor. I'm going to go to the combine and throw. And then you'd probably have a couple coaches like, hey, man, don't throw. Like, are you stupid? You're the number one overall pick. Don't throw here. Let's talk about Jordan Palmer's uh, scripting of those those workouts. Have you been there whenever they go through those, or have you? Did... No, but there's there's a lot of footage of him like going through the training part, and then they show film from the pro days and how Jordan like yeah. There's a whole process of different dropbacks to get it like. The coaches want to get a look at every single different thing the quarterback can do. Okay. And Trent did uh, two his last year, right? Yeah. It was oh, like yeah. a couple workout clips, that whole thing. Mm -hmm. That's interesting to me. What's going on? Andrew did not throw at the combine, but he did run and do testing and stuff like that. Yeah, he did better than Cam, I think. Yeah, he ran the four or five nine. Yeah. Damn. Cam. Hey, ran jump better than Cam. Did it not last him, though. Hey, did you say you say Cam? Someone said Cam's gonna get 40, 50 mil next year. Adam Schefter said two year deal, 40 to 50 million dollars. Yeah, with incentives. He didn't say guaranteed though, with incentives. So he'd have to go and get it or whatever. And he said potentially Washington, but Alex Smith is owed 23 million dollars next year in Washington. He's also currently five and one uh, as the starter this year for the Washington football team. So I don't know if that's gonna happen. I think Schefter was just throwing out like a. Uh, like, here's a potential landing spot or whatever he's hearing. I, I'll be intrigued, though. He wasn't hired for 86 nights. And then uh, one year in New England, not his best year by far, and potentially $50 million contract on the other side. That's wild. It's wild to me that I didn't I, – I wasn't 100% positive he was going to get looked at as a starter coming off of this the Patriots run. It, I, me neither. I doesn't look very healthy like his arm the motion how the ball comes out it just looks weird like he's not healthy it is like a little glitch almost in the matrix sometimes when he throws he'll throw some beautiful balls yeah beautiful balls and then there'll be like a glitch or something that'll happen i'm like what happened there because by the way i'm one of cam's biggest fans oh yeah i mean i gotta watch i had a front row seat to one of cam's best games i think it was it's just kind of one of those things where it doesn't look you're out i'm almost i, I think he was probably thinking that as well maybe until mm. maybe his agent or Sheffer even said this he was like i might have to go earn a another opportunity somewhere you know what i mean I, but this news coming out i assume cam woke up this morning 4 20 a.m <laughs> put the top hat on you know what i mean appreciate that a lot ron thank I'll, you i'll come home for 40, sure 40 or 50 million let's fucking go let's team up again can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show um wild times man i let off the show with it because i just learned after we recorded the show basically what's going on uh in the world right now wild times be alive we're lucky that you choose to spend some of your time with us. 
I know that we have fans from all different backgrounds and cultures and everything like that. And I want to let you know, we appreciate the fucking hell out of you. Mm -hmm. uh, just try to do dumb things and say dumb things in the microphones that can hopefully, you know, obviously entertain you is, is most, but maybe give you a different vision on some things in the sports world. Uh, and we'll continue to do so. We'll be back many on it with a monster show. Huge show tomorrow. Huge. Tom Segura's on tomorrow. Tom Segura's on tomorrow. Hashtag and a pod squad still giving away some cash. We appreciate all of you. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into the rest of their evenings. Stay safe. Stay safe out there. We'll see you manana.